Salutations. Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Hi, I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from a frigid attic discussing the 2007 horror film, 30 Days of Night. This film was directed by David Slade from a screenplay by Steve Niles, Stuart Beatty, and Brian Nelson, based on the graphic novel of the same name by Niles and Ben Templesmith. Set in an isolated Alaskan town, this film offers an interesting take on the vampire myth, anchored by impressive action sequences, effects, and an inventive premise. While it received mixed reviews from critics, it more than doubled its production budget at the box office and spawned a sequel and a pair of television miniseries. This film was recommended to us by friends of the show, Travis Hunter, our dad, not me, <laughs> Lindsay Adair, Leontine McCloskey, and Daniel L. Thank you all for your continued support of the show, as well as this suggestion. So, 30 Days of Night, what were your first impressions on the film? I seen the first time, uh, I seen this movie for the first time with you guys. I've really? I've never seen this movie or heard of it. I think your dad had mentioned yeah. it. And we watched, we watched it with it at your parents. Uh, I really enjoyed the movie when I first seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did this time as well. There's a few things that I nitpicky things I have a problem with, but I really enjoy the movie. I think it's really good. Yeah, that was the first time I'd seen it too. And the only time that I had seen it before now. Really? Yeah. Um, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. The first time I saw it. <laughs> this time I'm not as holy shit, but I still really like it. There are like a couple questions that I'm left with. Like, when you watch something analytically, it can take some of the magic away from yeah. it. Very true. Um, so there are questions that I'm like, wow, especially after that ending, that was really powerful. And then the credits roll and I'm like, but Yeah. <laughs> but what about Yeah, they kind of <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm sure we'll get to those when we get to them. Overall, I feel like it it's really good. And then learning that it was a comic book, uh-huh. I oh, can yeah totally see that absolutely i enjoy this movie i do think that watching it of course for the show you do see some issues Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't see yeah if you were just watching it to watch it yeah i remember watching this i think for the first time with mom and dad in 2007 oh wow and i they love the hell out of this movie Mm -hmm. hence why dad suggested it it, yeah um i really enjoyed it too it's it's funny because i'm trying to think of what was going on with vampires at the time i don't mean they really needed the representation (laughs) (laughs) i meant more (laughs) in media not you know (laughs) they were doing a strike no more movies like like, you guys are really painting us in a bad light (laughs) (laughs) but i think because the thing is when you think about it um vampires and we said it on dracula right dracula fox like that's yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. kind of the thing a lot of vampires it's more about like this kind of dark romance right none of that here no these vampires are out for blood well i right. think two, i think two of them are into each other well kinda. yeah they don't like do anything no. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. you don't see any candle lit like uh you right. don't scenelets or anything. This isn't thirst. Take, take my breath away. <laughs> this is not thirst. No, it is not. Uh, speaking of the vampires, though, I do think their design's very cool. Right. Yeah. It's very interesting. Uh, their behavior. Yeah, I I was a little torn for a while because, like you said, we are used to seeing vampires as sexual beings or yeah. like they're very suave or whatever, and these are not. 
No. Um, and I feel like you could easily fuck up a vampire like this, mm-hmm. this type of vampire, if you do it wrong. Uh, but I, I was, I had a little mixed feelings watching the movie, but towards. Finding out that it was a comic, I think, helped it a lot because I was like, True. "Oh, okay." I was like, "All right, all right." So it did help it for me, and it didn't. It didn't hurt. It didn't hurt them not being suave. True. I. It didn't really take away from it. I think it's kind of just a different spin on it. Right. We don't have to have a crush on these things. Yeah. <laughs> right. No. I. What was interesting to me was that they almost seem to be like in varying stages. Some of them. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. We don't really get no, the tea on that. Yeah. Um, it's almost treated like uh, maybe more of a virus. Right. Okay. But I 28 don't know. days yeah. later. But, oh, oh, well, maybe that was. And see that, that too. And, and I'll elaborate a little later, but that's what kind of too kind of made me have mixed feelings at first okay. about what was going on. Okay. Because I was like, I don't know if I want these two mixed together. Mm-hmm. And you know they kind I mean? of are. Yeah. Because we're used to them being there's, and there is a level of intelligence with the vampires. Yeah, but it's like a different brand of it. Yeah, they're pretty animalistic. It's yeah. unique, but I do appreciate yeah. that though. Yeah, that it's not the same thing that we've seen repackaged a hundred times. I do and I don't, and I will say it where I have a prop, a small problem with how they act later on in the movie because it did like i said it's just nitpicky things okay it isn't to where i'm like oh fuck that but you know what i mean but <laughs> there was i was like now that doesn't make too much sense you know what i mean yeah. but and the thing is is that i read a lot of articles where they were like you know the one thing you can really respect 30 days of night for is really really sticking to the rules that they create and i was like ah! yeah i was gonna say i don't know about that <laughs> Define sticking yeah, to it. Right. What do you mean? What are by the that? rules? <laughs> um, but one thing I will say that has <laughs> something going for it is something that I guess is kind of personal to me, uh-huh. which is any horror film that's set in a snowy location okay. automatically feels cozy to me. All right. And so that kind of works for it. And there are some kind of more i don't want to say claustrophobic situations a, 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 a little bit though but i feel like there might be some influence of the thing a little yeah. all right yeah um well with the isolation and i yeah. can definitely yeah. see that i will say the characterization is about 50 50 yeah but i mean that's all right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay but um <laughs> we did mention that it was based on a graphic novel right Niles, who wrote the graphic novel, he actually originally, this is according to a making of documentary, pitched it as a film first. Right. And then nobody was interested in it. And so he decided to turn it into a graphic novel. And after the first uh, volume was released, he decided to try to pitch that to movie studios. There was a bit of a bidding war from what I understand, but the people who ended up with it Sam Raimi and Rob Tappert. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> the MVPs. Exactly. Yeah. They Sam Raimi was initially going to direct it. Yeah. Which I. It's a yeah, yeah. That, that would have been a whole different movie though. Yeah. It, it would. It would. But. It's Sam Raimi. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just Bruce Campbell getting his ass kicked in the well. snow. for. <laughs> he knows what we want. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I think it was, I want to say Spider-Man 3 came out the same year. Ah, all right. Great so movie. He was busy. I, I mean, knew, I hey, 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 it's hey. a movie. It's a movie. It's yeah. a movie. <laughs> See those dance moves? I did. That's exactly why. It's a movie. <laughs> but uh, the good thing that I really appreciated was Niles wrote the original screenplay. All right. And it was rewritten a few times. 
And since Sam Raimi was preoccupied with what he was working on, right. they got David Slade in. All right. And David Slade directed Hard Candy. I fucking love Hard Candy. That's a great fucking movie. movie. Patrick Wilson. That's uh-uh. all right. Elliot Page. That's the first thing I ever saw Patrick Wilson in. Me too. No, you know what? Huh. I Again, I had this conversation with your sister. I'm thinking of Jawbreaker. Hey, I Which is also good. great. <laughs> oh, yeah. get out now of here! I don't know what you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a show to record. You'll be over it later. I don't care. He chose violence today. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I knew, and I'm sure you already know this name. But um, David Slade also directed a ton of music videos. The one that I wanted to point out for, I guess, us specifically was AFI's "Girls Not Gray." Uh, that was the first AFI song I ever heard. Mm-hmm. And I saw the video and I've been obsessed ever since. I have an <laughs> AFI tattoo. Uh, maybe not ever since, but when I was younger, I was obsessed. Uh, I was scrolling through his IMDb. Uh-huh. And he also did the Ariels video for System of a Down. No way. Yes. And he did videos for uh, STP, Stone Temple Pilots. Holy shit. Isn't that cool? That's right, very cool. Right. I, I think he did them. one <laughs> for LFO too. I've heard but. of Stone Temple Pilots. Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, that's no AFI. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other thing is they said that there are some changes from the graphic novel. Right. Which um, we can kind of get into a few of those as we get to them. I don't, I don't know how I feel. Right. With those differences. You'll point them out as we yeah. go? Yeah, I got a couple. Okay, cool. I haven't read it personally, but I want to. Yeah, same. So I'll be like sourcing where I found it and everything. Uh, I will, I mean, the, the film is good. Mm-hmm. It is no jawbreaker, but I mean, it's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Right, it's good. Right? Oh. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, you fucker. <laughs> now, before we plunge this film into darkness, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, let's watch the sunset. So the film begins with unsettling notes of the score over production company vanity plates. It's the one for Columbia Pictures, and it goes dark, and the word Columbia appears frozen in ice. Submersion. Submersion. (laughs) We love to see it. Love to see it. But the screen gives way to a blinding white sky, and as we move through the clouds, we get an overhead shot of a town. On-screen text reads, Barrow, Alaska, the northernmost town in the U.S., isolated in 80 miles of roadless wilderness, cut off every winter for 30 days of night. The rest of the sentence fades away, but we dip to black, and the white text fills in red, giving us the title, 30 Days of Night. That's cool. It's cool. Yeah, that was... I, and I was thinking about that. I mean, man, how like I can handle whole, it. I don't know. I was. I think it would either be beautiful and mm-hmm. relaxing or fucking terrifying. I think there's no in between. I think the thing for me is the nothing eighty miles in either direction. Mm-hmm. That might do it for me. I might not want to be out there. Like just in case, like cut off from the world yeah, for a that's, month. <laughs> so no it's, deer for a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> so is it one or th- I don't know why it was March. <laughs> I was disappointed in you, I think. Um, so it's one or the other, either 30 days of night or isolated in the. Well, I, I the night I don't mind. No, that would but be fine. If even wildlife aren't coming close to the town because uh-huh. it's that cold outside and what like. Do I really need to be here or do I need to be somewhere in case something happens? I'm closer to a hospital, to emergency help or like, I don't know. It just seems like being isolated out here for that long. I'm sure. And I know that there's communities, you know, 
that are actually live out there like that and they yeah. you know run the towns but man that's tough i don't know if i got the the skin for that <laughs> <laughs> the night too would throw off like yeah. your circadian rhythm and yeah well we're used to texas yeah, yeah. no yeah which is its own stuff. Yes. <laughs> Monster. No, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd give it a shot. It'd be a nice change. Yeah, right, let's yeah. block the sun out like Mr. Burns. See what happens. I'm, I beg for it every I'm summer. I'm down with that. He was not a villain. I'm a <laughs> Literally. <laughs> that was fine. If you think what he did was wrong, you've never lived in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best thing he ever did. But <laughs> I did think it was, a little, it was a little odd to start your film with like a little geography lesson. Yeah. That seemed like something that would have been in the trailer. You know? That's true. Right. Yeah. In the town of Barrow or whatever, you They're know? They're like, listen, we don't have time. That's not true, though, because this is two hours for some reason. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So time. We, we had time to explain yeah. it. And even if you're paying attention, the dialogue that you get as everybody's like, I mean, we'll get there, but they're shutting down and they're preparing tonight. Right. That would have been enough. Yeah, maybe they didn't need that <laughs> maybe, at all. Maybe they didn't. <laughs> well, but again, graphic novel. True. That's okay. the beginning. Okay. Maybe yeah. they should have done it in comic book writing. No, ah. they should have. Little yeah. squares. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but we fade in on the face of the stranger played by Ben Foster. As soon as I see Ben Foster in anything, I'm like, this motherfucker's going to be weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, like, yeah. You already yeah. know. He's like the dude from Get Out. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> just can't play a normal person. <laughs> but he stands at the coastline next to a dinghy in a winter coat, staring off into the ocean at a large, distant ship in the icy water. He then turns around, walking through deep snow, his eyes unblinking. Through long, expansive shots, he continues on, leaving a long line of footprints, but he stops when he reaches a hill overlooking the town of Barrow. The way the shot is composited, yeah. it looks almost like when they were staring into the crater in the thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So again, more of that. It was giving um, season one of the terror for me. Ah. That's what, And I know that came after, but yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking With of. the ship? Yeah. yeah. Good show. Very yeah. good. I have a lot of questions about that ship, yeah. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never get Just answered. Just a couple, you know? <laughs> But we then get a title card reading, Last Day of Sun. So this kind of surprised me when I was looking into it. Right. This was not at all filmed in Alaska. I yeah, wouldn't I, have known. Yeah, you could have fooled me. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how, if locals think the same thing. But to me, I was like, that's Alaska. Yeah. They're like, clearly, that's not here. <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually made in New Zealand. Oh, nice. And they filmed on sets, a back lot, and also in the Wanaka Mountains. Okay. And so they kind of get a really good expansive. The thing about it is that whenever they're in town, all that snow is fake. Yeah. And so they were talking on the making of, I don't know if this is like quantified or if Guinness came and checked it out or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but they said, I don't think any film has ever used this much fake snow. Well, fuck, it's snowing through the whole fucking movie. Yeah, it is. it's <laughs> everywhere, too. And it looks real on the ground. Yeah, it does. That's oh, the yeah. thing. But the production designer was Paul Osterberry, and he kind of built this whole town from scratch. Damn. And it looks, f like, real. Yeah. It does. Fully functioning. He said that they used real photos of Alaskan towns, and this was really cool to me. They pulled straight from the panels of the graphic novel. All right. I love oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's always cool. Um also wanted to talk about the director of photography. It was Yo Willems, and he also shot Hard Candy for David Slade. Hell yeah. All right. I will, it's, 
It's just now occurring to me how fucking funny it is <laughs> that you've gotten the titles for Jawbreaker and Hard Candy mixed up. It's the same thing. <laughs> it is a hard candy. <laughs> Jawbreaker is a hard candy. It is. Like, I, I got it. I received it, but I didn't fully unpack it. That's hilarious. That's actually kind of brilliant. <laughs> hey, I corrected myself. You did. You did. I'm sure it's been mixed up yeah. plenty of times. That's so funny. <laughs> and they couldn't be more different. Yeah. No, very, very different films. But dipping down from power lines, we find Sheriff Eben Olison, played by Josh Hartnett, and Billy Kitka, played by Manu Bennett. I am proud to see that Zeke got his life together. <laughs> we were all rooting for him. He made it out. He yes. had to move all the way to Alaska. Yeah. Sometimes you got to have a fresh start. Well, he had um, to escape that haircut. That's I was, and he did. <laughs> yeah, he the did. hair glow up is real. It in is. This between, yes. He does a good job in this movie. He does great he in does. it. Yeah. And I will say out of respect for how good he does in this, I've limited my guarantee to jack you up jokes to one. I've cut them <laughs> all, all right. down <laughs> except for one. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> But they crouch over a small hole dug out in the snow. Eben calls it strange, and Billy jokes that someone must have been upset about their roaming charges. We see inside the hole is a pile of burned satellite phones. Eben says that it makes sense to steal them, but why burn them? Incredibly concerning. Oh, yeah. I I feel like this does not get the reaction it deserves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, that's one issue I have, is that things start to pile up very shortly. Yep. And nobody seems to be piecing this puzzle together at no. all. And it has small town energy. It yeah. does. So, I mean, there's not even like, oh, uh, the Wolfington brothers or whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> this is a weird thing to stumble upon and just yeah. be like, oh, I'll be damned. Like, I, I you know everybody here. I feel like even here, this is a small city. If I found a hole dug with a bunch of cell phones in it burned. Yeah. Why? What is That's fucking concerning. <laughs> what were you either doing on those cell phones, trying to do with those cell to phones? hide. Or where did you get them? The way that where they... Did you steal there's a them? lot of what questions. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> the way they react is like, oh, I guess they started the annual phone burning early. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, cool. But Billy assumes that it's kids playing a prank, but Eben disagrees, saying that kids would have left a fuck you note to their parents or to the world. He then smiles, admitting that it's not a bad idea. I I do want to <laughs> commend the script for a second, because whenever he had said it was probably teenagers, and I was like, what, they leave like a note that says, fuck these yeah, phones yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and then Eben said that. I was like, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, then. Anytime a script can predict what I'm thinking, yeah. I got to call that out. But they step away from the phones and look out to the setting sun on the horizon. Exhaling into the cold air, Billy says that he brought his wife Peggy here on their first date. Eben replies that everyone did. And then after a moment, he's like, well, not Peggy. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They laugh together, Billy remarking that the last sunset in a month always works. I think he means sexual. Yes. To, get, to get it yes. in. Oh, oh, yeah. Get it in. Come on. <laughs> what are you saying? Yeah. Knock it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, their fucking field isn't as big. No, it's not as cold. big. It's too yeah. cold yeah. for a fucking field yeah, in Barrow. No. He was in the pool. So like a hill, right? <laughs> <laughs> but after marveling at the sunset for a moment longer, Billy says that they should take off to go do the sign. Eben lingers a little longer, but then the two head back to their vehicle as the sun disappears on the horizon. The lingering for a moment and him kind of looking a little uneasy, I think is a slight bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. Which I thought oh, was cool. very good. Yeah. yeah. But the two drive over to the sign welcoming travelers to Barrow, Alaska. 
Billy gets out of the vehicle, heading straight for the sign as Eben takes the cap off of his inhaler. And the second he did that, I was like, that's going to be important later. Yeah, I also have that in my notes that that's definitely going to come into play because nobody in a movie has casual asthma ever. It's like Chekhov's respiratory disease. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I will give him props, though, for using it. Yes, yes. uh, He's no Margot Kidder here. I was was impressed. That took me out of it. it. (laughs) I'm still mad. But Eben seems annoyed about Billy's plan for the sign, but Billy reminds him that it's tradition. Eben rolls up his window, taking a puff of his inhaler, as we see Billy change the population on the sign from 563 to 152. I will say I don't know the significance of the sign. I think what I think what it was is just trying to show us that not everybody there, something bad's going to happen. You know, or you know what I mean? Like, this is how many people are leaving. Yeah, that's how and I this took is it. what's staying. So, so they you, do they know like a, a lot of I mean, yes, they were like, like to the they number. went door yeah. to door. Yeah. <laughs> Did a quick survey before. Well, no, they who's fucking off on the side that's of the I mean, they probably know. I did want to also say we will uh, be calling the town Barrow because that's what it is in the movie. Correct. But in real life, they actually changed the name of Barrow, Alaska in 2016. Mm-hmm. It's called Ukeavik now. And it was, I think, originally called Ukeavik when it was uh, settled by the Inupiaq people. Mm-hmm. Right. And it got changed through history because, you know, colonization and. Yeah. Oh, that old thing. Yeah, that old fucking evil yes um but it's back to its original name but in the film it's called barrow okay but elsewhere at a store stella olison a fire marshal played by melissa george goes over her paperwork for an inspection adam coletta the store owner played by john rate tells stella that she put this off until the last minute but she tells him that there are a lot of small towns in alaska and her boss wants everything inspected and certified by the end of the month Adam lightly calls her out for saving Barrow for her last stop, and she doesn't respond. He tells her that he hoped that she would stay here and work things out with Eben, admitting that he and his wife, Jeannie, hoped that they would rethink their separation. I'm like, so we're just telling everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, the plot thickens. He's like, you know, your husband, who you're estranged from. <laughs> the man we met at the beginning yeah. of the film. <laughs> I think he's out by the sign. With yeah. Billy. <laughs> Uh, this is one of the changes that I did see about in the graphic novel. Yeah, I had watched a video from Impression Blend, mm-hmm. and they kind of had the differences between the book and the graphic novel. Oh, all right. And this one is very odd to me because in the graphic novel, Stella and Eben don't have any kind of marital issues. Right. She's also another sheriff in Barrow with him. Huh. But in here, she's a fire marshal, and they're on the rocks. I wonder why. I, th- I don't know. Probably just to heighten the drama. I, yes. I there's no other reason why really else? not and the thing is is that sam raimi in an interview had said that the thing that drew them to this project more than the vampires was the love story between eben and stella yeah then that doesn't make sense I would, I would, <laughs> yeah i would like to see that yeah mm, well <laughs> <laughs> but stella just smiles thanking him but tells him that she has to make her flight out of here in town doug hertz played by joel tobeck kisses his wife played by jay saucy goodbye He says that he knows that she can't handle not seeing the sun for a month, and he promises while she's away that he won't live on Oreos and Snapple. It surprised me that one is leaving and one is staying. That 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 was something. If you're going, I'm going. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing. I'm not for a month. Yeah, yeah, that's a long time. Very. And all the satellite phones are coming. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I could no. That's. I feel like it would 
make more sense if she had a different reason for and this doesn't even really come into play but no it just really struck me as odd like if there was a good reason for him to stay behind or right. something or, yeah, like we don't know what his job is yeah or maybe them sending their kids to be maybe with like true the grandparents were like oh we know you know we're gonna be stuck here all we can do is work whatever you know you guys go enjoy whatever the month sun. somewhere yeah. else yeah <laughs> <laughs> i yeah we don't get anything and I, it would have i mean i don't need them to explain it away he's like well, no, I, yeah. I churn the town's butter what's, you know? <laughs> what's funny is if they did <laughs> if they did that we'd be like okay of yeah, course. We, of <laughs> your course. wife knows your job and you know your job why are you saying it well i already thought this was a bit much because they probably talked about this at home yeah he's like, no, I, I know i know <laughs> honey i know you don't like the dark <laughs> it's like well, well yeah how long have you been fucking married we yeah no i don't like the dark <laughs> <laughs> but other townsfolk mill about with their relatives as well. Kirsten Toomey, played by Camille Keenan, tells her father Peter, played by Jack Wally, to have fun in Seattle as he packs up the car, and he promises to call when he gets there. But we then cut to about half a dozen Alaskan Malamutes chained up behind a fence. In frantic shots, they bark loudly at an initially unseen intruder. Somebody needs to listen to these dogs. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's a horror movie. Yeah. Yes. Dogs are always, and cats. They know. Yeah, they they know. know. But suddenly, we see a sharp knife raise up and be brought down into one of the dogs, blood spilling onto the snow. The music shrieks, and we get a shot of a dog's paw lying lifeless on the ground. I was surprised, not only that this happened, but how early. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is true. Because everybody's like, goodbye, smooches. I know you don't like the dark yeah. or whatever. And then it just cuts to this. I was very shocked. And honestly- and it's not even dark yet. No. no. This is daylight. Yes. <laughs> but sometime later, Eben and Billy pull up to a snowplow in their cruiser. Eben steps out and asks Bo Brower, played by Mark Boone Jr., if there's a problem. Not Bobby Elvis. Right. He keeps popping up in these films. He does. And I don't remember him even being in them. No. But he's great. Yeah, that was. I was like, hey, it's that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's really good in this, too. Bo is hard at work under the hood, and he says that it's nothing he can't handle his own fucking self. I was like, ooh, he's edgy. Yeah. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> Eben asks if the oil he's carrying in the back is for generators, and Bo says that it is. But after noticing a decent amount leaking into the snow, Eben says that he's going to have to give him a citation for it. Bo kind of calls bullshit on this after noticing the small spill, and he says Eben doesn't have to do anything. That was a pretty big spill. It was. That shit was leaking. Let's be honest. I shouldn't have said small. I guess I was comparing it. Give the guy a break. Yeah, I was comparing it to like oil spill. But he calms down a little, reminding Eben that the reason they live out here is for a little bit of freedom. Eben just tears the written ticket out of his book and hands it to Bo, snarkily telling him happy motoring before walking away. Bo sarcastically says that he'll add it to his collection. But Eben gets back in the car, and Billy asks why he even bothered to write Bo up anyway. Eben tells him that Bo lives all alone on the South Ridge. The citation reminds him that he's part of this town. I think a fruit basket would be <laughs> a nicer way. I, I kind of liked that. No, because, yeah. And I can definitely see a type of person moving to a place like this to kind of circumvent right yeah societal shit you know what i mean yeah which on one hand is good on another hand like 
we you know we 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 all live here dude. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be throwing oil in yeah. you can't I, be dumping I, yeah. <laughs> I felt like it was it was a good point to be made and bo doesn't really seem like the type of guy to respond to a fruit basket yeah. that is true he's like what so, the fuck is this it's like yeah we can have this simmering animosity between us but you still i'm still your sheriff like yeah. you're still a part of the city town whatever I get the sentiment. Yeah, no. I think the thing that, and I, I don't like when um, films do this, but Billy already knows this. Yeah. Why is he asking about? He's not. He's a local. He's not a rookie that got transferred. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, and it was just a drop of oil. <laughs> yeah, everybody, calm down. <laughs> but just then, they get a call over the radio from Helen Munson, played by Elizabeth McRae. She tells them they've got a call in that something bad has happened to John Reese's dogs. Elsewhere on the road, Stella drives what I think is way too fucking fast on an icy road. She's flying. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's because I I will not drive if even there's a probability of ice. I'm too fucking scared. (laughs) If there's ice in your drink, you won't drive. I'm I'm good. (laughs) John Paul, can you take me to work? I'm too scared. This bitch was flying. Well, too, they're, they're, they're probably used to that. True. You know that what I mean? Fair. But she was going She was going <laughs> like, I got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> the sun is setting. But out of nowhere, a large vehicle with a directional drill plows right into Stella's truck. Malachi Ham, the driver played by Pua Magasiva, immediately gets out of the vehicle and heads over to Stella's truck to check on her. They know each other by name. Mm-hmm. Small town. Yeah. And Stella calmly asks him if he knows what right of way means. He, their reactions very, he could have fucked her it, Absolutely. Up. Yeah, I feel like she recovered from this very quickly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's he's like, I didn't see you. Are you fucking, yeah. you got a giant chainsaw <laughs> on the front of your tractor. No, it's fucking scary. <laughs> that, I didn't see you. You need to be seeing. You- <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. And she's like, I, I, I believe I had the right of way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Like, yes. laughs> <laughs> if you'll consult your driver's manual. <laughs> Like, ma'am, you almost died, dude. (laughs) But Malachi apologizes, saying that Eben wanted the vehicle back from the airport before the storm hit, so he was kind of in a rush. Don't don't blame this on Eben. (laughs) He's like, he also told me to drive with my eyes closed. Oh, he set this up, right? Fucking Eben. He told me to check my phone right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But this is when it hits Stella. Her flight. She asks who's going to take her to the airport and just stares at Malachi when he suggests Eben. He then says that his mom could come down and give her a tow, but instead Stella reaches for her phone. After dropping Billy off at the station, Eben is clearly shocked when he receives a phone call from Stella. After hesitating for a moment, he answers it. But after a moment of awkwardness, Stella gets down to brass tacks, saying that she needs a ride to the airport. Eben is hurt to hear that she's in town and didn't want to see or talk to him, but she explains that she's just in town for work. Did anybody else think that this was super fucked up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, why didn't he? Why didn't she just get Malachi's mom? Why involve him Anyone at all? Anyone else? Well, because yeah. he, 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 he was like, I can get my mom, but she does move real slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like time is of the essence. Yeah. That's here. why this accident happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you lived here. You can call anyone else. That's oh, true. Yeah. You didn't even tell him you were in town. Like, I thought this was super fucked yeah. up. I didn't even think of it that way. Because even she's like, if you want to talk, we can talk on the way that. See? Bitch! Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? 
But she tells him where she is and says that if she doesn't get out of here in time, she'll never make it back to Anchorage. She then says, as you said, that they can talk on the drive. That's not the compromise you think it is. That's no. so... I. It's just d- the disrespect. Yeah. I was appalled. You do me a favor and I'll pretend to listen. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Win fucking win. But Eben just smiles, stepping out of the car and getting Billy's attention. He tells him that Stella is stranded and needs a ride to the airport. And then he asks Billy if he can go get her. Good. Yeah. That's, I was surprised. He yeah. still took care of her. He did. I mean, no, that that, that I was like, wow, you really, <laughs> you really did that. I mean, this, <laughs> you thought it was fine. Well, I think this dude's like in love with me or whatever. I'll, <laughs> He'll, He'll fucking do it. Do it. He'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> but Billy agrees and he heads over to his vehicle. Eben gets back on the phone saying that John Reese needs him. So Billy is going to come get her. But he says to let him know when she does want to actually talk. Stella just hangs up on him. Doesn't even say thank you. She didn't get what yeah. she wanted. For me to be able to try to sneak in and out of town like a demon's whisper, <laughs> not even give you the courtesy of a phone call. But fuck, I like need a favor right now, dude. Yeah. So can you come do it for me? That's garbage behavior. <laughs> that's insane. See, and that's the thing. I feel like she starts off on the wrong foot for me. Yes, yeah. I completely film, agree. And it's kind of really hard for her to dig her way back. Yeah. Especially since, I mean, we get like maybe a little like nugget of a crumb <laughs> of what maybe the issue was. But it feels like yeah. Eben doesn't even really know what the issue... I don't know. No, and to hear her tell it later, it's just infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but after some atmospheric shots of lights of the town, Eben arrives at the Reese's house, which is littered with murdered dogs. John and Allie Reese, played by Peter Feeney and Min Wendell, stand behind him as he surveys it all. John tells Eben that every single dog of theirs in every kennel is dead. That's so fucking yeah. awful. It's unbelievable. But, and then for me, again, the second that he says that, this is some kind of message. This is yeah. some kind of, yeah. you know. But Eben just asks if he's fought with anyone recently. And John looks away before quickly shaking his head no. So, I, yes, he's yeah. fought. <laughs> <laughs> he's fought with lots of fun. <laughs> so I can't even list them all. <laughs> no, not one. Allie pledges murder and revenge right in front of the sheriff. Very cool. <laughs> well, damn. I mean, my I dog. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> Tina Fey is upset. <laughs> She's not happy about it. But Evan promises that he'll find whoever did this. But Billy picks Stella up at the accident site. Stella tells Malachi that it'll all be okay before getting into the passenger seat of Billy's truck. I thought that was a small bit of like goodness in her because there's a lot of badness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because annoyed, she asks Billy where he's been. Billy goes on a spiel about misplacing his car keys and getting the directions mixed up, and Stella just tells him, never mind. I'm like, or you could say fucking thank yeah, you. No, shit. I'm sorry I'm late. I didn't want to fucking come. <laughs> Not only that, isn't he also a sheriff? Yeah. He's now taking time off of protecting when this town and everything. They're yeah. running around getting everything to, ready. Yeah. To give you a ride. Right. It's, yeah, it's very, very kind of it. Yeah, but you're uh, like, yeah, shut the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask for your fucking life story. <laughs> <laughs> but at the station, Jake Olison, played by Mark Rindle, rolls the dice on a very lonely game of risk. He tells Helen, his grandmother, and also the dispatcher that we heard earlier, that it would be easier if she played with him. 
Can someone please play with Dennis Reynolds' little brother? Please. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so lonely. There's, I don't know why, but his reactions to shit in this movie just kill me. Yeah. <laughs> he looks oh, just yeah. like Dennis. He does look like Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> but Helen's not into the idea. But when Eben walks in, she tells Jake to ask his brother to play instead. Jake does, but Eben is obviously very busy. But when Eben declines, Jake looks fucking furious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like unbridled rage. <laughs> He's untethered. <laughs> His rage knows no bounds. <laughs> and I will say, I say kid, but this kid's got to be like 20 years yeah. old. Yeah. He's, He's 15, canonically. This, if he's 15, I'm fucking 15. <laughs> <laughs> but Helen tells Eben that while he was at the Reese's place, a couple of guys called Carter and Wilson called about vandalism at the Utilidor. The Reese's place sounds like a candy shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> I did I did want to point out I going into this I had no fucking idea what a utilidor was. No. Right. So I did look it up and according to the dictionary, it's a above ground network of pipes mm-hmm. that I guess are supposed to bring electricity and water to places in permafrost areas. Okay, okay. Both? Yeah. All right. I, I huh. thought it was just a water plant. But yeah. yeah. I wasn't really sure at all. But all right. they say Utilidor like 500 times. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> but Eben asks her to call out to nearby townships to see if they're having problems too. The towns that he calls out, mm-hmm. one of them is 80 miles away. One of them is 314 miles away. God damn. So I was like, how fucking long are these pipes? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Like, is it the same plant? Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I thought it was kind of odd. But yeah. We don't really get closure on that. Because you open the film by saying how isolated you are. Yeah. But then you're like, call these nearby places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of strange. But now in full dark, Billy and Stella arrive at the airport. To Stella's dismay, she's missed her flight. Hold on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because as they pull up, <laughs> the dude is coming out of the airport. He flips the sign to close on the door. <laughs> and they, they pull up. She jumps out of the car and is like trying to still make it this uh-huh. dude does not even look at them he just yeah, keeps talking. Like, nope. i was fucking laughing well he's taking the last plane out exactly. yeah, yeah. So don't make me tap the sign yeah. we're fucking closed i that it killed me i missed that that's fucking funny uh, we all knew you weren't gonna make oh no it. Yeah. come on dude that what, accident yeah yeah, yeah. No. but very distraught she realizes that she's stuck here for a month billy offers her a room at his and peggy's house and he says that it'll all work out, but he tells her that the price of staying at his house is telling him what the hell's going on between her and Eben. 100%. Mm-hmm. The tea. The, oh, yeah. the rent is the tea. Yes. Absolutely. But I was thinking in her position, the way I overpack when I go out of town for a weekend, <laughs> I my anxiety is on a thousand just thinking of being stuck somewhere without oh, my like God. all oh, my shit. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That sucks. Yeah, but her, she's like, my plants are going to die. It's very important, but also yeah. How many changes of shirts did you bring? Yeah. How many? She doesn't give a shit about that. But <laughs> she, he gets back into the vehicle and she sighs alone out in the cold. And she remarks that there's not enough time in the century to cover her problems with Eben. And I'm like, Billy's like, I didn't get that. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you just say, I'm sorry, I'm in the vehicle alone? Also, yeah. uh, <laughs> we got 30 days, sis, so we can yeah. start there. That's true. <laughs> But back in town, we see Eben pull up outside the Utilidor. Carter Davies and Wilson Bullison, played by Nathaniel Lease and Craig Hall, greet him outside, letting him in. They pass some machinery to a nearby office where Eben sees a photo of Carter and his family on a corkboard. 
When Carter complains about the cold, Eben asks if his wife can bring him a coat and bring his whole family up here while she's at it. Carter's demeanor changes completely. Yes. And he says that he guesses they'll just come when they're ready. Yeah, well, they're in Zion because he's Captain Mifuni from fucking Matrix. <laughs> no shit. I fucking love that dude, man. I was like, I know that voice. Uh-huh. And I looked and I was like, that's him. Like, <laughs> he's a, yeah, he's fucking badass in the Matrix. I How do I not remember? He's, he's in the mech and he's fighting all the... Uh, like the robots oh, at the end. Oh, those sentinel things. Yeah, he is a badass. Yeah, he's trying to keep. He's, <laughs> he's trying to keep the. Uh, he's trying to keep them off of the dock so they can open it when Neo and them are coming in. Uh, with Niobe, they're in. They're in her ship, and he's there. I. I love to make this. I'll fucking tell <laughs> them. Pulls out a script. He's like, and he says. And, and yeah. <laughs> oh, he gives a great speech. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I will say. Um. I. I feel like for me, he doesn't get a lot of play in this film. Right. But his performance is fucking great. Yeah, it's really great. He's really good in this. Uh, It's not funny, but it made me think of the Walking Dead game when uh they go to they go to a character's like family's pharmacy and they find them and he's trying to act like he doesn't know them but his face is like oh the the funny part about that is very obvious he was trying to have a poker face and lily in the game she goes are you okay (laughs) it's horrible they animated it way too much that's what i was like okay what happened with your family and we'll find out yeah I'm like, Eben, like, read the room. Yeah, seriously. It's, he's, I'm like, you're the police, dude? Yeah, yeah. he's like, that everything checks out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. But Carter says that he's found all kinds of garbage in the machine in the past, saying that he can usually pull them out before the muffin monster tears them up. Eben's like, muffin monster? Yeah. What? M- muffin monster is way too cute of a name for what we're about to say. Yeah. Yeah, I don't quite get where it no. goes. No. Because when they head into the next room, Carter presses a switch and we see a massive metal grinder with spinning uh, gears or blades. Yeah. And Carter says that in the debris, he noticed Wilson's logo for his helicopter tours and got to what was there before it was completely destroyed. It's like a fucking, I can't give away the ending of a very recent film, but it's like that. (laughs) 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 The vagueness is helping. (laughs) You nailed it, dude. It's it's one of those, if you know, you know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't, you have no fucking idea. (laughs) But Wilson says that since the season ended, his helicopter has been under lock and key, but he says whoever got to it basically tore it apart. He says the helicopter is his life, and he asks why someone would do something like this. So, okay, this is three red flags now. Yeah. Yes. Three re- three red flags is usually spelling something out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. These are all means of escape. Yeah. yeah. That have been murdered or destroyed. Yeah. Escape and connection to the outside world. Yeah. And I was like, the next scene better be fucking Eben piecing it all together. Yeah. It's not. No. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I was like, that muffin monster, that's Chekhov's muffin monster. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be seeing that motherfucker again. Oh, absolutely. And it's even worse because in Wilson's anger, he throws a piece of debris into the muffin monster and it fucking destroys it. Yeah, it's it's gone. So we'll, yes. But Eben just looks down pensively and I'm like, please say something. Say, this is like those phones. (laughs) Something. This reminds me of something. But at a dish tower, Gus Lambert, played by Grant Tilly, sits inside of an office. He stares at his computer monitors, but is distracted when he hears a loud creaking noise outside. 
He gets out of his chair to check it out, but stops dead in his tracks when the power goes out and the creaking turns into a distant shrieking. Nothing that can make that sound is, yeah. is oh, any yeah. of my fucking no, no. business. No, nope. that better be fucking metal. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like music, not yes. yeah. <laughs> But for some reason, he still heads outside with a flashlight. He stands there looking around when suddenly a shadow darts across the screen with a music cue. He doesn't see this at all and just continues on. But a figure stands behind him, blurry in the background. As the camera cuts quickly around him and the shrieks grow louder and more frequent, we notice more and more shadows whipping around and Gus realizes he's surrounded. He asks who they are, but through flashes of sharp teeth, a clawed hand reaches out, tearing Gus's throat open. A figure descends upon him, taking him to the ground and feasting wildly on the blood. So now we know what we were working with. Yes. Mm -hmm. What would y'all think about this happening later? Like maybe a couple scenes from now. I think that would work. I feel yeah. like the hand has been tipped pretty early. Too soon. Like I feel like the I would like the suspense to build a little bit more, especially what's about to happen in the next scene. Right. That's a fair point. You know, maybe, I mean, <laughs> then this is just dumb, but if we saw them motorboating some dude's neck later. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. He was, yeah. He was motorboating. Yeah. But... <laughs> I feel like you're right. I think that motorboating. <laughs> well, that's not that bad. <laughs> I do feel like there is an odd issue with pacing. Yeah. And maybe this might be a part of it because now after seeing this, we're expecting so much more soon. Yeah. yeah. But it's not how it works out. I did want to call out uh, Gino Acevedo and his workshop. They did the special effects makeup on this film. All right. I think it's a great. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Like we'll see later more what these things look like. Mm -hmm. He also worked on the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which was also shot in New Zealand. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Yeah. But we cut from this immediately to the Ecos Diner where Lucy Ecos, played by Elizabeth Hawthorne, deals with a rather strange customer. It's the stranger from the beginning of the film, and he asks her incredulously, no whiskey, no rum, with Lucy telling him that alcohol is illegal in town for the month. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think that's true. No, yeah. That makes a lot of fucking sense. Because like, I think about the lockdown in 2020 and how like domestic violence and murder really skyrocketed. Uh -huh. Like being stuck with people... I you add alcohol to that, it can really be uh, dangerous. Yeah. It's very smart. I, I thought that too. I was like, man, that sucks. And then the more she, the when she explained it, I was yeah. like, oh no, yeah. That <laughs> it like, it oh, makes no, no, a yeah, lot yeah. of sense. <laughs> but the stranger says to forget about the liquor then and orders a much more sensible item that I'm sure is on the menu, a bowl of raw hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> a bowl? A bowl. He says it like he gets it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's like everyone has a they bowl. They always do it for yeah. me. A raw hamburger. I thought it was strange. Wouldn't it be weird for her to see a stranger right now or somebody that she yeah. doesn't know? Yeah, nobody is coming to town. Everybody's exactly. leaving. Exactly. Yeah. That's a fair point. But she's yeah. like, um, no, <laughs> we don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get you something else? But when Lucy does refuse that order, the stranger grabs her arm, startling her. He says that she won't bring him what he wants to eat or what he wants to drink. Or what he want to drink. <laughs> he talks weird. As now, okay. He, they said that he is supposed to be Cajun. This. Oh, I don't it, fully see Cajun, uh, no. but yeah. that makes a little more sense. It makes a little more sense, but this does not read Cajun to me no. at all. No, not at all. And I did laugh because I was reading the production notes and they said Ben Foster worked tirelessly to perfect a pitch perfect Cajun accent. Oh, no, accent. I hear Cajun now. No, oh, I, 
I don't, again, I don't know about Pitch Perfect. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, he's clearly not from around here. No. That is a very fair point. Right. But does that mean that he, again, this is that fucking ship. I don't know what they're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did, did he come? Yes. Yeah. Did he pilot that ship? I thought they yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's I'm not, not sure. explained but he gets out on a dinghy they're like this is as far as we'll take you <laughs> we'll see you later so if he's cajun does he want that raw hamburger with like a lot of spices in it he <laughs> 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 was the holy trinity mixed in you goddamn right yeah. <laughs> i'm telling you right now that's fucking bucket list shit for me i need to go not the raw hamburger <laughs> no, I was like, dude i can do that no. for you right now <laughs> I just want to go to New Orleans. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> Me too. Very bad. Scratch that right off the list. <laughs> <laughs> but suddenly, Eben shows up at the front of the restaurant, telling him that that's enough and to leave Lucy alone. The fact that he had to come in there, this place is full of people and nobody yeah. defended her or stood up for Not her. Not at all. They're like, damn. And this is a small town. You know her. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, well, it sucks for her, man. It's like, well, Lucy's kind of a bitch. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, fine. I'm just going to quietly enjoy my raw hamburger. <laughs> I think she charged me for two. <laughs> I only ordered one bowl. <laughs> is that what everybody's eating? Apparently. <laughs> That's why he saw it. He's like, well, I guess everyone. I don't know why. <laughs> Why the fact that it was served in a bowl was funnier? <laughs> well, he didn't want it. I don't know. I don't know. Not in a patty. Just nope. Just no, torn up. Not a, not a plate. Not. Torn up. <laughs> but the stranger lets her go finally. Eben sits down next to him. The other patrons of the very packed diner just watching their every move. Eben politely suggests that the two of them head outside for a little talk. And the stranger asks through his blackened teeth... What's wrong with a man wanting a little fresh meat? I was going to say, you probably need some fresh tea. Yeah. But a lot. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot. I laughed out loud because after he asked that question, Evan's like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> no, we got to go. It's like, I think we have a suspect. No, oh, absolutely. Like, Are you hitting on me? Oh, okay. A little fresh meat. <laughs> More sunny. Yeah. Evan's like, I'm still technically married. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, too, though, when you see him at the beginning, the stranger... Obviously, he's going to come into play later. Right. Mm -hmm. I really expected him to be more quiet and mysterious than like okay. he's like pretty aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. I feel like it, that kind of like subverted my expectations. Mm -hmm. So points for that. But I wasn't expecting him to behave like this at all. But I will say he's kind of he's aggressive, but kind of in like a weaselly way. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm not very like intimidated. He's, like, he's just talking shit to talk shit, yeah. but he's not really going to do anything. Like, no, I'm kicking his ass still. Yeah. Like, he's probably going to talk shit while I beat his ass, <laughs> but I mean... And then after. He's, yeah, he's still going to talk shit. He's living on whiskey and raw hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have the strength. He's probably disoriented. <laughs> he's hallucinating. <laughs> but Eben says that he's going to take him outside. The stranger launches out of his seat, getting into Eben's face, and he says that he'd like to see that. Out of nowhere, we hear Stella's voice say, I would too. And the camera travels down the barrel of a gun that she has pointed at the back of the stranger's head. So Stella was here and she I was guess. just watching this play. <laughs> well, let's see what like, happens. You yeah. better be going somewhere. <laughs> I want to see him eat that hamburger. <laughs> But she says that Lucy would have to clean up the mess after Eben kicked his ass, and it'd be more trouble than it's worth. Again, I feel like this would work better if she was uh, Eben's partner, 
yeah. instead of the fire marshal. It's like we just had a really awkward yeah. phone conversation. Yeah. That's the last time we talked. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. And I don't know that the gun at the back of the head is super necessary. I, I he mean, was just I, talking a little yeah, shit. I mean, I he grabbed it, her but arm, yeah, but... Not. But the stranger just turns around at her, and before he can lunge at her, he's subdued by Eben and put in handcuffs. Softly. Yeah, he is. Because I, I felt like if I had seen that, I probably would have slammed the shit out of him and then been like, come on now, calm down. Well, after but what... He, yeah, oh, yeah, after that, and yeah. he's just like, okay, buddy, let's go outside. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. He's kind. Hmm. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but Eben comments on the gun, asking if the fire marshal lets her carry one of those, but Stella says that she never asked. He tells her that it sucks that she missed her flight and asks where she's going to stay. Eben does look a little wounded when she tells him that she'll be staying with Billy and Peggy, and he just snags the stranger, leading him out of the door and telling Stella that he'll just talk to her sometime then. Can you imagine being, <laughs> having a gun pointed to your head, mm-hmm. being shoved onto this counter, handcuffed, and then they're like awkwardly talking about their relationship? Yeah. <laughs> we really doing this now? Yeah. Like, can, like, we- uh- <laughs> <laughs> can you take me somewhere first? And and no rhyme Yeah, no. It's <laughs> been the worst day of my fucking life. <laughs> But before they get outside, Stella says that maybe she can tag along to say hello to Jake and Helen, of course. Yeah, and Eben looks like he super wants her to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in the next scene, we see Stella riding passenger in Eben's cruiser with the stranger in the back seat. Eben says that he hasn't seen vandalism like this in a long time. I was like, vandalism? Yeah, we're gonna... a little more than that. I would yeah, say. I'll... Yeah. Stella asks him, though, maybe flirting? She says, don't you know how to take care of this town without me? I'm like, why are you being cute? Like, we're yeah. not there yet. Yeah, Evan, again. like, does not. This no. is a, this, between us is as raw as that bowl of hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Things are not good. Not at all. Her face does sour when Evan just kind of yeah. shrugs it off. But after a moment of silence, she tells Evan that Malachi totaled her car. Evan shrugs that off as well, calling it a hell of a day. From the back seat, the stranger whispers, just you wait. So like when you said just you wait, like mm-hmm. what did you mean by that? Yeah. <laughs> Are you threatening? Yeah. <laughs> but they do get back to the station and Eben locks the stranger in a cell. He turns around and watches solemnly as Stella hugs Jake and Helen warmly. Don't hug my grandma. <laughs> no. Is that a rule after the breakup? That's a rule. <laughs> Elsewhere in the town, though. Denise, Gabe, and Aaron, a few pipeline workers played by Amber Sainsbury, Kelson Henderson, and Jared Turner walk together in the cold, having discovered the perfect way to turn up the heat. They're going to have a three-way. All right. I mean, clearly. Well, you know, I mean, you got to find something to do. Like, it's a month. Yeah. It's going to be a hell we of a month. We are veering into kink corner territory. Okay. Well, just, I mean. If you want to correct it. Well, let's get back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fault. But Aaron initiates a game of rock, paper, scissors to find out whose house they'll be making it sweet at. Making it sweet? Making it sweat? <laughs> I guess, yeah. Well, <laughs> well we, we have to turn the heat up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal. Yes. Yes. They say to go on the count of three, but as soon as they hit two, something reaches out from the shadows and pulls Gabe away as he screams. How are we supposed to know whose house to go to now? Well, it's Aaron's house. Now, no, yeah, no, now, no. It's, now it's easy. Uh, 
I don't remember what she says, but one of them goes, <laughs> oh, you bad little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I think because she said I something. Can still yeah. love it. He goes, uh, I think he says, oh, we'll be nice. And she goes, where's the fun in that? And that's he goes, oh, wow. <laughs> like, that's just the shit I needed to hear. <laughs> Hey, they're all having fun. Yes. They all agreed to it. Consenting yeah. adults. Oh, yeah. I hope they yeah. have. Well, they're not going to have a good time. Anymore, but he came the equipped, plan was good. Yeah. He came equipped with the rock for the rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> a little decorum. <laughs> but Denise and Aaron call out to Gabe, peering into the darkness. The music grows tense as Gabe's body is tossed to the ground from on high, his throat slashed and blood gurgling from his mouth. Denise screams, running away, leaving Aaron alone. You didn't even eat him. You just killed him and threw him? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Please don't waste me. <laughs> like, yeah, take well, all the, the blood was, wasn't in his neck. Yeah. So. Wow. He's, He's like, this dude's like, already been. <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> I think somebody already got to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but back at the station... Eben interrogates the stranger who rests on a metal bench in the holding cell. Eben tells him that he knows he doesn't work at the refinery, he didn't fly in, and he's not from around here. He asks how he got into town, but the stranger just stays quiet. After Eben says that they have a month to figure this out, the stranger just smiles his charcoal teeth. Eben gets up, but is taken aback when he notices a bag of pot in an open desk drawer. It was not even hidden. No. <laughs> that was hilarious. It was on top of what was in there. Yes. <laughs> He calls Jake over, asking him about it, and Jake says that it's their grandmother's. It helps with her cancer. It's medicine. Yeah. Just let grandma have it, dude. Seriously. Yeah. I was I was hoping he was like he wasn't gonna be like, Grandma, you are under yeah. <laughs> Get in the Get cell. Your cell. Hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we only have one cell, so go ahead. <laughs> but Helen says that she has a whole greenhouse at home and she jokes that she didn't want Eben to arrest her for it. Well, I mean Shit. Let her. If you need it, you need it. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it's helping her, then leave her alone. Yeah. And the thing is, it's, it's interesting because this is very, very slyly setting up something for later. Yeah. I just thought this was a random thing happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know? But Eben says that he sees now why Jake went to go live with Helen. But Jake says that he did that so Eben and Stella would have their own space. Eben in sitcom fashion is like, well, that worked out. <laughs> and then the laugh track. Yeah, right. Yeah. In the back. <laughs> I did laugh because this whole conversation's going on. Stella's right there. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe Stella needs to hear it. Yeah, it's, yeah, she's been kind of mean. But just then, Helen notices that the computers are down, which causes the stranger's eyes to open. Eben also discovers that the phones are out too. The stranger finally speaks, and he calls Eben and Stella so sweet but so helpless against what's coming. Man, can you stop being fucking weird in there, please? <laughs> For five minutes. You're contributing nothing. <laughs> I will give you a bowl. Yes. <laughs> if you shut the fuck up. But Stella says that he's just trying to freak them out, and Jake, scared shitless, says that it's working. Eben doesn't care, though, and he says that he's going to go check in with Gus about the phones. The stranger is like, yeah, check on Gus. Bar the windows. Try to hide. But they're coming. And they... Yeah, yeah, please. The hamburger meat? Because <laughs> you did order it. Yeah. He got, he got it to go. <laughs> but the stranger says that this time, they're going to take him with them and honor him for all he's done. Eben asks who they are, and as the stranger stares at him, the lights flicker and go out. 
We watch as the same thing happens in buildings all across town, but generator power kicks on and the stranger sits up. Eben says he's going to head to the tower to check in with Gus and tells Jake and Stella to watch the stranger. He says once everything is up and running, Helen needs to call Billy and get him down here. I thought it was funny. As soon as the power went out, uh-huh. everybody grabbed something to put on. He put his his hat on. Uh, the grandma put the sweater on. And I was like, dude, the power went out a second ago. <laughs> like, this dude, cold? it's about to get real cold. <laughs> like, God damn. Where'd the heat go? I, you know what I mean? You guys were fine. Yeah. And then immediately. Well, it's it needs to be on at all yeah. times. Constantly. Constant. I just thought that was funny. <laughs> I would just be like, Perez from identity. I'm not staying here if he is. I'm not fucking with this. I yeah, will go oh, with no, you. Yeah. Saying yeah. weird shit all night. Hell but no. Then you're leaving him with, you know, it's a whole thing. Grandma yeah. is fine. She's fucking stoned. She's not listening yeah. to him anyway. She is the happiest of all. Yeah, us. she'll be fine. I did want to say quickly for the record, um, because there are a lot of outdoor shots in the dark. It's 30 days of night. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple of scenes that were shot during the day and then turned into night in post-production. Mm-hmm. But according to the making of documentary, they did five weeks straight of night shoots. Oh, wow. They said 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. every day. Damn. I was like, fucking hell. Ooh. That's one thing I did want to point out as well, because that's one reason to not trust fucking IMDb. Yeah. Because if you go on there, they say that this entire film was shot during the daytime and switched tonight. Yeah. Could not be further from the yeah, truth. Yeah. I'm always like, I need a second opinion. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds cool, but I'm yes. going to need to yeah. read it somewhere else. IMDb is like WebMD. <laughs> <laughs> but Eben arrives at the tower, drawing his gun when he finds the door wide open and Gus nowhere in sight. His flashlight then follows a long, thick trail of blood to reveal Gus's severed head impaled on a pike. That's really taking it to the next level. Mm. <laughs> like if these things are just trying to feed or sustain themselves or whatever, mm-hmm. you do not need to do that. No, yeah. that's a lot, Robin. <laughs> you don't. That that's too much. It is funny because I really didn't even think about it until you just said it. They're like reverting to these like Vlad the Impaler tactics. Yeah, yeah. But he did that to strike fear in the enemy. Yeah. They're, why are they doing this? I don't know. They don't really, they seem to be moving in the shadows. Right, right. They don't really want to. So yeah, that doesn't yeah. make Maybe sense. Maybe it's just like fun for them. It's just extra. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when hunters put the deers out on the wall. Oh, oh all right. I, I don't know. No. I they don't live know. outside that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But we cut to Eben driving through town with his sirens blaring and lights flashing. He tells the townsfolk over the radio to get inside, lock their doors, and load their firearms. He repeats that this is not a drill. He pulls up to a crowd of people, stopping to talk to Frank and Michelle Robbins, played by Patrick Kake and Kate Butler. Their children, Larry and Gail, played by Thomas Newman and Rachel Maitland-Smith, stand behind them. I love that he's taking immediate action. Yes. Mm-hmm. In a lot of movies we watch, he'd be like, well, it's only one head. Like, yeah. <laughs> we don't know, you and know. I'm, I'm sure it's not connected to <laughs> anything we've seen so far. I do want to point out um, no lines for the children. Yeah. But remember Gail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got it. Might be important later. <laughs> but Eben asks them if they have a generator and tells the crowd that anyone with a generator should go home immediately and that if they don't have one, they should all meet at the diner. He does say Jenny a lot. I don't know why. I think it's very funny to call a generator a Jenny. It's cute. <laughs> it's a nickname. I don't know generators enough to be calling them Jenny. Right. <laughs> you better, you nah. gotta get familiar with them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
But Frank says that they heard gunshots and asks what's going on. Eben tells him that he doesn't know and to just go home. He says he'll let everyone know as soon as he finds out, and the crowd disperses as Eben drives away. At the Reese's house, John sits despondent in the living room. The Reese's house. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's their name, dude. I just want a Reese's house. <laughs> Allie calls out to him from the kitchen, asking if they can please have dinner together. John doesn't respond, and Allie just stands there sad and silent. I- it's so heartbreaking what they just went through. Yeah. I know that a lot of other shit is going on in town, but like they, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't know anything no. about that. No. But out of nowhere, a whole ass person comes crashing through the window <laughs> in the kitchen. It is sudden. Yeah. It is. And you just see him fucking like bash. It's like yeah. my, my window too, dude. Like what that the fuck enough. did I do? <laughs> this person tumbles over the dining room table to the floor Allie watches as the figure slowly rises, revealing its bald head, but before we can see his face, and before John can make it to the kitchen, the figure pulls Allie out of the window it came through. He took a long time. As soon as I heard the crash, I would have been up in the kitchen. I noticed that too, because this dude fucking flies through the window, Uh the glass goes everywhere, she screams, and he's like, what? I'm like, how did you not hear him doing fucking acrobat shit on the table? Because we just heard you busting through the glass. Good enough when you were asking about dinner. Yeah. In low tones. She did not ask loudly. No. But Allie screams for her husband from outside, and John rushes out with his rifle. Right in front of him, Allie is dragged underneath their house, and John aims his rifle, peering into the darkness, but before he can do anything, a hand reaches out, slashing his face. (laughs) Okay, so this is edited very weird. Okay. Because you see a hand reach out and slash his face. Yeah. And then when they cut back, Allie's reaching her hand out to him. Yeah. But she's not the one that fucking did that. That Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's true. It was the monster. Okay. So I was like, that's... All right. It all happens. I'm just like, uh, sure. Yeah, 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 all right. Yeah. But Allie calls out for John as the figure scoops Allie up, throwing her under another building. John rushes to reach her, but the figure knocks John's leg out of his leg. <laughs> John sits there with a bad leg. <laughs> no, but he crumples to the ground. <laughs> And he reaches, for, <laughs> he reaches for Allie, who holds on for dear life. <laughs> it's all for naught, though, as Allie is pulled away with the quickness disappearing. There's nowhere else to say this, but the figure that bashed through the window, like fucking Salem's Lot, <laughs> is Archibald, played by Tim McLaughlin. Okay. The only reason I'm making this distinction is because there is another bald vampire right. that we see a lot more later. I yeah, th- yeah. I thought this was him. Yeah, so did I. Me too. The only reason I know that it's not is because they showed on a featurette that this uh, was a different... Uh, all right. I don't know. All right. Yeah. 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 So okay. there you go. But back at the station, the stranger speaks cryptically. He says that he can feel it and that the cold isn't the weather. That's death approaching. No, it's very cold. (laughs) (laughs) The heat is off. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But he ponders who they'll take first out of the three of them. Jake throws a gaming piece at him, telling him to shut up. And the stranger thanks him for the plastique, saying that he'll snap a piece off and use it to pick the lock. There was a lot here um yeah. <laughs> because they were like don't listen to him and then he keeps talking and they're like all leaned in yeah <laughs> but the fact it's just 
the the way that this plays out because Stella's like that. There's no way that yes. you're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to step on your toes. But, <laughs> but Jake is like, like he can't he can't do that. They literally tell him straight up, and Jake's like, oh no, and then <laughs> <laughs> just rushes to the cell. <laughs> I was like, you fool. I don't know why he did this, but of course the stranger just grabs him by the throat and holds him there. I, th- it just killed me. He can't. He can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're trying. Don't even worry about they're it. trying to like yeah. stop this before it starts. <laughs> Why do you say plastic? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, he sounded cool when he said it, so I did want to point that out. But just then, a gunshot rings out as a returning Eben shoots the stranger in the arm. Jake is pulled to safety as Eben rushes into the cell and cuffs the stranger to the bars. Once again, though, the fact that Eben had to come in and shoot him, Stella yeah. and Grandma are, are just, just there. watching yeah. this happen. Like, well, let's see. <laughs> we told you he couldn't do it. Yeah, that's your <laughs> that fault. That was your decision. <laughs> <laughs> but as the stranger groans in pain, Eben asks him who he's here with and who murdered Gus. I did want to point out. According to the making of, yeah, you see the stranger is like groaning in tremendous pain. Right. He did just get shot. Yeah. But in reality, Ben Foster put a clamp on his foot during this scene so that he could get this level of pain. I was like, have you tried acting? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> you could just act. That's fine. He's like, no, break my foot. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, shoot me in the arm. <laughs> well... <laughs> Sam Raimi. I mean, uh, yes, that's yeah, true. yeah. He's like, he no, was on fuck set that day. <laughs> Bruce would have done it. That's all I'm saying. Just saying, just saying. But the stranger just tells Eben that he's dead. And then suddenly, after apparently having gone rabid. Literally. I was like, have you yeah. been eating soap? I don't know. Yeah. What the fuck? That was disgusting. It was gross. Nobody needs that much spit in their mouth, dude. No. Knock all it frothy. It's, come on. Uh, we don't need to talk about it anymore. He tells Eben that he's dead and then shouts that he doesn't talk to dead men. I feel like you're saying that we're dead a lot. Like yeah. maybe come up with a new new shtick. Well, it gets even funnier because Eben says that if he's dead, then no one's going to let him out of here. And then the stranger says, you're all dead. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. Get new material. That's just all you've got. But when Helen offers to take care of his wound, Eben says to wait until the power's back to call the doctor. He says that fucker doesn't deserve anything until then. All right. Yeah, he's, Shit, not, yeah. he's not wrong. He did try to kill yeah. his little brother. <laughs> <laughs> but Stella just looks at Eben like she doesn't even know him anymore. It's like he didn't really do like. No. I mean, I don't know. You're just you're annoying me. <laughs> <laughs> take a lap. But Eben tells them his plan. He and Billy will work their way through the town up to the pipeline, and he says that the stranger's friends don't have many places to hide in town. Stella offers to help, but Eben declines. But she tells him that it would be stupid not to take help, and Helen says that they'll be fine here with the walkie-talkies. Well, she's like, we're the two authority figures or whatever. Don't you live in Anchorage? Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. You're not even, you don't even go here. How, literally, <laughs> how have you lumped yourself into this? Again, it would make a lot more sense if she was also the sheriff. Yeah. yeah. But Eben tells Helen that they have a taser in the back and to zap the stranger if he tries anything stupid. And he's like, and zap him if he does the mouth thing again. <laughs> I didn't like that. That was gross as fuck. <laughs> but out on the road, Eben sits passenger as Stella drives the cruiser. After a moment, he tells her to stop. They step out of the car, Eben saying that he thought he saw something, but there's nothing there. But just then, the pair hears a loud shrieking noise in the distance. They immediately rush back inside the vehicle. There was 
an odd symmetry to the dialogue because when they're in yes, the car, yeah. yes. he's like, stop. And he, she goes, what? what? He's like, stop the fucking truck. And then when the noise happens, she goes, get in the truck. What? Get in the fucking truck. I'm like, we don't need this. It would, it would, I, to me, it would have worked if it wasn't like right. Yeah. The yeah. next thing that they said. But I cannot imagine driving a vehicle mm-hmm. and someone saying, stop. Me continuing to drive and being like, what? what? <laughs> it was very Stop. clear. <laughs> Stop driving. The opposite of go. I don't it get it. One word. Right, slow down a little bit. Yeah, let's now all on. the way. What? <laughs> yeah, slow down completely. But Stella reverses sharply, and we see a shadowy figure run up on their spot as she speeds away. The figure bashes the roof of the truck, and Eben fires his gun up at it, hitting it. It lets out a shriek into the night. <laughs> And Eben goes, holy shit. <laughs> Which is real. That's yeah. That's real. Yeah. Scary as fuck. But again, shooting it didn't kill it, but it didn't like it. No. Right. It can feel pain. Yeah. But the creature continues bashing the roof, eventually being thrown off by Stella's evasive driving. I did want to call out the great stunt work of this section. Yeah. Yeah. Watching that featurette, they straight up filmed that. They could have done a green screen. Oh, man. But That's not. wild. Yeah. yeah. But the pair speeds away, obviously freaked the fuck out. As they make it to town, they immediately see a turned over car on fire and hear gunshots. Not great. No. no. <laughs> Eben kind of... <laughs> He reacts like a dog would, which is hilarious. Because <laughs> <laughs> you hear the gunshots and he goes, what's that? What was that? Where was that coming from? Who was that? Who did it? And I was like, dude, calm down. You're the sheriff. Yeah. Jesus no Christ. Shit. You're in charge. Yeah. <laughs> but he then hears Helen screaming for help over the radio. They return to the station, their weapons drawn, Eben calls out for his family, but they're both startled by a large pool of blood in the corner of the room. That's just raspberry jam. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we always keep the blood there. Yeah. (laughs) The stranger sits cuffed to the cell beyond dejected when he tells Eben, they didn't take me. It's probably because you're fucking weird, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't like the frothing at the mouth. It's like, is it the hamburger? Right, take a bath, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, you know. clean yourself up. You know. But Eben asks who they took instead, but the stranger remains selfish just talking about himself. So he's like a groupie. See, or yeah. I, I wish that I could have gotten more like clarification of how right, he knows right. this ragtag group <laughs> that, <laughs> like, that's kind of what i thought yeah i was it's like, a little confusing yeah what 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 purpose do you serve there's something about what he says earlier when he's like when he's like and this time they'll honor me it's like how yeah. long has yeah. this been going on <laughs> <laughs> how long have they been disrespecting times? you yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh they just bully you huh? yeah how many times have you done this? <laughs> They just use him. and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it would be cool to know more. Yes. But Eben asks if they took Jake, but the stranger doesn't answer. Instead, he asks Eben to finish him off. Like murder him. Not- uh, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't is the this king this corner. Right. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> He's got the cuffs on already. He's the only thing that's going to make me feel better. <laughs> already? Oh my God. A little fucking decor. <laughs> you know, broke him. you guys know this show's being recorded, right? <laughs> <laughs> But Eben really thinks about it for a moment. 
He thinks about it. Killing him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the bone's not in my neck, sweetheart. <laughs> the bone, the blood, I meant. <laughs> I'm sorry. You guys got me thinking dirty shit. That's... <laughs> But Stella snaps him back to reality before he can give in to those dark urges to kill him, (laughs) to murder this man. But outside, the vampires gather. Marlo, their leader who attacked the vehicle earlier, played by Danny Houston, speaks in a foreign language to his followers. He looks scary as fuck. Yes. Yeah. He's not even like some of them have warped faces. Yeah. He doesn't, but he looks fucking scary. His stiletto nails are working fucking overtime. <laughs> like he looks scary as hell with his eyes. He, it, there, it's scary. There is something very, very captivating about his performance. Yeah. yeah. He barely, it's really all visual. Right. Yeah. Because he barely speaks. When he does, he sounds cool as fuck with this language. Yeah. Right, right. But there's no, well, there is one scene where he does speak English and it's like the coolest scene in the whole film. <laughs> <laughs> so I take that back. I didn't want to talk about the language very quickly. Right. It's not like gibberish that they are just saying whatever. It's Dothraki. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's similar to Dothraki because it's an actual language that they created for this film. That's All right. cool. Yeah. They said that they hired a linguistics professor at the University of Auckland her name's helen charters and she helped them kind of come up with phonetic sounds and stuff all right they gave him the script and what it is is everything that's in here that he's saying you can translate back to english from the language they created wow <laughs> it's fucking oh, nuts. yeah <laughs> that's so much effort like yeah. that's that's really fucking cool that's another change i saw in the video from the comic in the comic they said all the vampires spoke english all right and all the other vampires spoke too. Like in the film, it's only yeah. Marlo. I noticed that everybody else is just. So, like, so I'm like, are we in different stages of like transformation or like infection or whatever? Yeah, like, it that is kind of unclear to me as yeah. well. There is one moment that I really hate. It's based around that. I think we all hated that. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll get there. (laughs) I am glad because I really did think I was going to be alone. No, if if it's what I think you're talking about, John Paul was complaining about it earlier, and I agree with that. Um, I will say, though, I did notice some parallels between this and Salem's Lot. Uh huh. And the vampire in Salem's Lot is named Barlow. Huh. So I really wonder you know if, if that's like a nod or if it's just not related at all and i'm trying <laughs> yeah. to make the pieces fit i think that i mean that's that'd be pretty cool yeah because it sounds like marlo but like right, with right. the cold <laughs> <laughs> but in his language marlo gives the order their heads must be separated from their bodies do not turn them i'm sure they won't break that rule yeah. <laughs> no arvin played by andrew stalen hisses an agreement Marlo says that they should have come here ages ago as Iris, played by Megan Frannick, looks on and Zuriel, played by John Rawls, grins devilishly. Marlo and his group continue on into the night. So I did want to talk about the creature design mm-hmm. of these vampires. Um, their contact lenses look awesome. Yeah. They give them those larger irises. Mm-hmm. And Danny Houston said that it helped his performance because it made him have to turn his head more. All right. Oh, yeah. The periphery's gone. Yeah. And so it makes it feel more animalistic. Yeah. And that's by necessity. All right. But the director said that he wanted the eyes and the teeth to appear shark-like. Right. And I think that it works because they are kind of like predators. Right, right. They're hunters. And I mean, 
the eyes maybe not, but the teeth are kind of unlike anything that I can really think of when it comes to vampires. Yeah. I mean, if anybody has a specific teeth style, it, yeah. it's vampires. It's vampires. Kind of looks like uh, Baraka from Mortal yes. Kombat. Especially, yeah. especially the bald one. Yeah. I was, that's all I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? Uh, I didn't know this when I was I was looking it up. But did you know that Danny Houston's half sister is Angelica Houston? What? <laughs> yeah, I did not know that. Holy A shit! Fucking All right, queen. I, I had love no her. Idea. Oh yeah. And his father is John Houston, who directed the Maltese Falcon and the Misfits with Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> what? He's fucking. He's, All right. Yeah, I had no idea of any of this. Nice. What the hell? Yeah. And wasn't he like that sax man on oh, yes, American Horror Story? <laughs> first, first of all, it was the, the axe man. Yeah. <laughs> but the sax was important <laughs> because he wanted them to jazz it. I took, yeah, I, I, yeah. I paid attention. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't he like playing that saxophone? <laughs> he was like a musician yeah. or something? Nay, that's Bleeding Gums Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> But at the diner, Doug lets Denise inside. There's no sign of Aaron. I guess she just left him to die. Oh, yeah, I guess. God uh, damn. Yeah. yeah. An entire group of townsfolk sits there silently as Denise asks what those things out there are. And Wilson tells her that they don't know. Man, this was not how her night was supposed to go. No. no. That sucks. But Isaac Bullison, Wilson's father, played by Cheek Littlewood, somewhat frantically says that he wants to go home. But Wilson calms him down. Doug says that he kept shooting those things, but they kept coming. Carter responds skeptically, and Doug suggests that they're all on PCP. Coked up on PCP. Yeah, which is not... That's yeah. it. I mean, obviously, wow. that's what's going on. Can we talk about the logistics of that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that just doesn't even make any sense. No. But they then all have their who shot Mr. Burns moment <laughs> where they all list what the vampires did to them personally. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, he can't remember my name. <laughs> but Doug says, <laughs> Doug says that they killed all the sled dogs. Denise says that they killed Aaron and Gabe. And then Jake pipes up and says, they killed my grandmother. He's causing us all to yell. Yeah. <laughs> but Jake wins. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the fact that her death is completely unseen. Yeah. That's the part. weird to me. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. I can get not. I mean, I don't know. Wanting it to be a mystery of the fact that Jake made it. Right. But we see Jake alive and well <laughs> in the very next scene. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's just strange to me. Yeah. That Who did me. it? Yeah. I, I've, I didn't even, I just kind of, because it's all happening, was uh -huh. just like, God damn, everything's fucking going nuts. Yeah, we didn't see that. I also really would have liked a scene where the stranger is getting swerved by them. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That, I feel like that is like a missing, like a missing reel or something. It might be a problem with, maybe it was edited weird because we do. We do see them show up later. later. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, I just told them. <laughs> He's like, they're going to think I'm daddy. crazy. <laughs> I said that you guys left with that. And now you're here. <laughs> I'll be damned. But I don't, I don't know. So, yeah, I don't get that at all. But it does suck because it seemed, I thought that she was going to be a much more important character. Yes. Right. And she just inconsequentially dies off screen. Yeah. Yes. I don't like that at all. But at the Coletta's house, Marlo and Iris terrorize Adam and his wife, Jeannie, played by Dana Grant. When Adam goes for his gun, Marlo smacks it away from him. Iris just holds Jeannie on the ground as she whimpers in fear. 
Marlo then grabs Adam by the throat and lifts him against the wall, telling him that there's no escape and no hope in his native tongue. He says there is only hunger and pain. Against Jeannie's wailing cries, Marlo impales Adam through the gut with a fire poker and then gives Iris the go-ahead that it's dinner time. Iris dives right into Jeannie's neck, chewing away. Marlo then starts up a record player, using his long, bloody fingernails as the needle. After a bit of static, music actually begins to play for a second. Yeah, <laughs> and they at, loved that song. Yeah, out they of were his all mouth? Like, Is I, he the- <laughs> <laughs> He's the gramophone. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked that visual of his nail on that record. It's a very though. cool yeah. visual. Yeah. But they do treat it like the vampire's theme song. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, woo! <laughs> But they howl into the night, and we see various scenes of violence play out throughout the town. People being torn from buildings and cars and being fed on, vampires slashing throats, leaping through the air and running like animals to catch and kill the townsfolk, and countless attempts at escape being thwarted and collapsing into bloody failure. So this was a lot. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I wanted to say that... I laughed when he snatched her out of the car because um, it was like Vamp Theft Auto. Because <laughs> uh, I'm like, come on, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. A lot. Um, I need this. I was, yeah. <laughs> the fact that we're showing our ass on the first night. Yeah. Like, they're not even trying to be sneaky and subtle. Y'all have a month. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. There is a distinct kind of... <laughs> it's very strange to me, but is a very, very weird choice of theirs to have so much of this front loaded. Yes. Yeah. And never really, there's only two moments in the entire film when they let you know anything about an element of time. Right. Yeah. The movie's fucking called 30 Days of Night. Yeah. And we barely talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I would feel like it would be more of a stealthy buildup of people yes. like maybe going missing. Right. But the fact that we see them so quickly and then they're just all out. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, I I enjoyed this uh well, this is carnage. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I um, just maybe like day but, 13. You know what I mean? But no, yep. yeah, I I do agree. I was like, that wow. I was like, all right. <laughs> Not a crumb of patience. They yeah, just no, all out. Yeah, let's just fuck everything up. Loudly all right. And- <laughs> yeah, we're here. <laughs> <In the streets. laughs> was that an explosion? Take yeah. it to That's what was playing on the record. record. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting amped. (laughs) (laughs) But some of the townsfolk attempt to shoot the vampires to no consequence. Fires are set as they continue to feed and screech loudly at their triumph. On that featurette, they showed the actors who were playing the vampires. Yeah. They underwent extensive training so that they can get the movements down because they wanted them to all have the same kind of physical language. Ah, That's really cool. And you can tell. Yeah. yeah. Like, they all really move the same. They all do the motorboat. (laughs) Not the motorboat. It's awesome. Also, the uh, overhead shot, they said, was accomplished with a helicopter. So they had some of the chaos being CG. Yeah. But the majority of it was caught in camera. Nice. That's badass. I was really impressed. But Eben and Stella make it to the diner, shutting off the lights and trying the phone. Eben rushes for Jake as soon as he sees him, hugging him tightly. The townsfolk ask Eben who these people are and what they want, but he tells them that he'll figure it all out after he gets them to safety. Carter tells them that there's a generator at the Utilidor, but Eben says that they need somewhere closer. Denise suggests Charlie Kelso's attic, and she says that there's a pull-down ladder and no one would know that they were there. I was like, have you been casing the place? Because <laughs> that th- wasn't either of the other Trust dudes. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, we were going to rob him after. <laughs> <laughs> 
But Stella says that he would have boarded up the place before he left. But Eben says that it's perfect. They'll pull down a board to get inside, replace it, and no one will be the wiser. But Eben sidles up to Carter, telling him to lead the group to Kelso's attic and that he'll meet them there. His plan is to snag as many bear traps and flares as he can in an attempt to slow the vampires down. Stella stares blankly for a moment before telling Eben that she's coming with him, and he agrees. I did appreciate that we're stopping the no, you're not yeah. thing yeah. because she's fucking coming, dude. That's just like, what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just accept it. I am a little bummed out. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it shouldn't take this to rekindle. <laughs> it yeah. should Yeah. <laughs> if you need vampires to save your marriage, then all right, maybe I'll right. should, yeah. should go your It's over. <laughs> But we cut to them speeding down the street in the cruiser, but the vehicle is suddenly dragged to an unnatural stop. A large group of vampires begin to lift the vehicle in an attempt to flip it over vertically. Arvin smashes the driver's side window as Eben kicks open the passenger door, blowing the head off of one of the vampires. This kind of made me laugh because I'm like, why are y'all doing this? <laughs> like, what is this for? There's really no need. <laughs> and everybody else that we've seen them eat, they don't waste any time. Not at yeah. all. This is because they're our main characters. This is our vamp right. theft auto. Yeah. We're <laughs> yanking people out of cars. But we're like, let's flip this. <laughs> we're just having fun. That'd be yeah. fun, right? Yeah. But Marlo then gets in the way, standing face to face with Eben. But before they can really interact at all, the vehicle is tipped over completely onto its roof. The vampires swoop on them almost immediately through the windows, and they try to fight them off. But out of nowhere, a snowplow rips through the vampires on Stella's side, smashing them against a building. They didn't even call Klondike 53226. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Bo to the rescue. I guess all because he got that ticket or whatever. Yeah. Yes. He's like, I'm a part of this town. I was gonna, <laughs> <laughs> it worked. It did. I yeah. told you. It did work. I was going to be like, you know what? Bobby Elvis, don't even worry about the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you're still needing to pay that. <laughs> <laughs> this changes nothing. <laughs> but he throws the door open and yells for Stella to move her ass to the plow. She barely makes it inside. And then Eben makes a break for it, pursued by Arvin as Marlo and the group look on. Marlo basically gives a we'll meet again kind of look. Yeah. And, and they will. <laughs> they will. Uh, this has nothing to do with anything, but Stella's eyebrows were so blonde in the scene and they're not at all in the rest of the movie. Okay. Really? I it thought was I was tripping. It was no, distracting yeah. me. Wait, so you're telling me then all this vampire related violence is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, why are her eyebrows bleached? <laughs> Well, well you then my, my mind camera. starts wandering and i'm like did they have to reshoot this was uh -huh. this done later like yeah. like when we were talking about um exorcism of emily rose when okay. her hair was different yeah like that always distracts me because yeah. i'm like what happened behind the scenes that your eyebrows are so drastically different <laughs> they're so drastically different for, only in this scene is it for a different role i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know he did smash like eight vampires with a snowplow but her eyebrows were blonde <laughs> 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 they were blonde <laughs> but speeding away Bo asks eben what's going on out there but eben has no clue Bo asks where they can go and eben says that he knows a place and then I know a place starts to yeah. play. Yeah. <laughs> and they feed a vampire to alligators. <laughs> they put hams on him. Yes, of course. But we cut to them on foot, rushing to the front of Charlie Kelso's house and peeling back boards to let themselves inside. Eben spots the well-hidden entrance to the attic, but they appear uneasy when they hear noises overhead. They pull the stairs down cautiously, peering up into the attic with their guns drawn. 
a pair of hands reaches out from up above, and then they see Carter's smiling face looking down on them. Phew. Yeah. I did laugh. This is at the point where I wrote in my script, this is, at this point, everything they've gone through. Yeah. Still night one. Yes. Yeah. And it's hard to believe. I just don't understand why, honestly, even if they pace it out, I don't need a fucking title card every day. Yeah. No, of course not. But this is just, this is a lot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is a lot. The sun just went down. (laughs) (laughs) But the camera pans across the now desolate town, the snow imbued with blood, and a disembodied scream is heard off in the distance. Up in the attic, the group sits together, overhearing the violence just outside the window. Jake, who has no issue making a bad time <laughs> worse, <laughs> lets the group know that he saw the vampires feed on Grandma Helen. It's like, we know. Dude, yeah. <laughs> you were the only the one, one there. <laughs> but he says for the first time that they are vampires, but Stella tells him that vampires don't exist. Then what did we just yeah. see? <laughs> then what is that out yes. there? What were you just rescued from? Great question. Yeah. This is all very important discourse Mm -hmm. but i think the first thing that we need to be talking about is the fact that nobody's allowed to poop for 30 days (laughs) (laughs) because we don't do that here (laughs) we're not doing that up here (laughs) not up there i hope hope you went before we (laughs) doug says that those things don't fall when you shoot them and Bo says yeah well neither do i and it reminded me of, I I want to say it was last week when JP said, say some cool for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why would he fucking say yeah. that? <laughs> it just makes no sense. <laughs> but Eben doesn't care what they are. He just cares what they can do to stop them. He says they should sleep in shifts and ration their food until they can figure out what to do next. He tells them they have two advantages on the vampires. They know this town and they know the cold. He says they live here for a reason, because nobody else can. And while I'll admit that this is very inspirational, Mm -hmm. for tourists, these vampires are doing a pretty good job. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is a great pep talk, but they seem to be handling it. (laughs) They don't seem bothered at all. And they're not especially bundled up either. No, No, not not at all. (laughs) They're fine. They look cool as fuck. And those teeth don't need to know the side streets and shit. No, no. They figured it out. No. But back at the station, the stranger sits, still cuffed to the bars of the cell. Shadows surround... I do want to point out that the stranger is mortal. Yeah. Like, what I had thought originally was the way that he was talking all that shit at the diner. Right, right. I had thought he was a vampire. No. Okay. Because he's so... He's like, no, I can fucking kick Eben's ass. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it's because he's got the vampire power. But right. he's just a dude. Yeah. He was traveling during the day. Well, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. So I feel like he... They used him to set shit up, like set the stage. And then, and they're, then like, they're like, later, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, again, you're yeah. dissing me. It's like... um lucy pulling the ball he's like this time they're gonna let me kick it this time they're gonna honor me (laughs) that's crazy they're like we're gonna have a whole ceremony and everything dude (laughs) but shadows surround him and when he looks up marlo stands before him the stranger lets out a whimper like a sad dog marlo tells him that he did all that he asked of him and says that they'll take care of him the stranger begins to cry as marlo rubs his face Marlo then puts his hands behind the stranger's head and looks over at Iris. He says, the things they believe, 
and Iris smirks as Marlo breaks the stranger's neck without a second thought. And I oop. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that what <laughs> is that honoring you or? he well, could have just left him there <laughs> he didn't need to come back <laughs> and add insult to injury no. or add injury to insult <laughs> you didn't need to do that i was honestly surprised because the amount of screen time the strangers had yeah i thought he was gonna play a way more important role nope he's just the opening act like, yeah. that's i thought it. he was gonna get turned or something yeah oh yeah yeah and like maybe oh, that's how they're yeah, honoring yeah. him like no like no. all right you can join the club yeah no. yeah no. I mean, he got turned all right into, <laughs> yeah into a fucking ghost <laughs> we yeah. said no strangers uh. yeah. we're allowed to have one <laughs> a damn shame <laughs> But back in the attic, half the group sleeps while the other half either sits pensively or paces around. Breaking the silence, Stella tells Eben, I guess it's good you didn't want kids, huh? We're doing this here? Yeah. What? Yeah, what? In We're front doing of everyone? this right now? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> so is that the reason? Because that's just one sentence. She could have told Billy yeah. earlier. Oh, well, he doesn't want kids. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and I do, and it's and not going it. to work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know. But I, she kind of gives him a weird olive branch and she's like, well, imagine, because right now they would have the kids to worry about. Yeah. So I'm like, what are you trying to do here? I don't know. I don't think she knows what she's trying to yeah. do. Yeah. All she's doing is annoying me. I'll tell yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Not now. We're, yes. we're doing something. Seriously, it's <laughs> this is the last we're thing. We're trying yeah. <laughs> to survive. But Isaac suddenly wakes up asking for a woman called Catherine. But Wilson calms his father, reminding him that his mom, Isaac's wife, died a long time ago. That's so fucking sad. Very sad. Lucy crowds over the both of them and says, you should go to sleep now. <laughs> you should go to sleep. I was like, is this a spell? Like, is she going to kill this woman? I don't know. <laughs> but Wilson thanks her for whatever she I just did. Say- he what's thanks a, her what's yeah. extra funny is he's like thank you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is when the group hears some clattering outside stella pulls open a covering on the window and tells the group that the vampires are ransacking every home on the block doug says that they need to move and lucy suggests that they do it now while they still have the strength stella says that without weapons it would be suicide but doug has had it He says if they leave now, some of them might not make it, but it's better than the vampires getting inside and everyone getting killed. Okay, y'all go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) We'll see how far. You could be the diversion. Literally, close the attic on your way out. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Having raised his voice like an asshole, everyone tries to get him to shut up. Jake steps up, calling bullshit on Doug's plan, but Doug then grabs Jake by the fucking shoulders if you recall, Jake is the sheriff's little brother. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. This doesn't go over very well. <laughs> Eben has enough, and he pushes Doug to the ground, landing on top of him. In a moment that is kind of hilarious to me, he throws his hand over Doug's mouth and just shushes him. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were going to fight. Yeah. And Bo's like, no, they need that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to kiss the back of his hand. Why? <laughs> Is it, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Bo pulls Eben off of him, calling Doug stupid, and Eben just whispers that starting a fight will get them all killed a lot faster. True. Very true. For me, it's the fact that, again, this is night one. <laughs> yeah. We've been up here for five minutes. Yeah. Chill out. Yeah. Like, why are you already trying to leave? 
we all know it sucks. We we can hear outside. Yes. We yes. don't want to be here doing this shit no. either, man. I think that's the thing that gets me as well is that I understand, like you're saying, you know, this fucking sucks. Yeah. But again, you've been here for like an hour. Yeah. Exactly. So let's, that's the, the pacing thing. Save shit like this yeah. for like day seven. For later. Yeah. yeah. You know, and having no title card to say anything, it's like, no, this is still the first fucking night. But once everything is calmed down, Eben suggests that they get some supplies from the general store and then head to the Utilidor. He says they can last the month if they make it there, but he says that they won't be able to make it without cover. We then get some desolate shots of the town and text at the bottom of the screen reading Day 7. We see Kirsten Toomey walking the streets in distress, if you remember her. Yeah. Her father was going to Seattle. Yeah. He's fucking enjoying a cup of coffee right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she's in Waterloo where the vampires hang out. <laughs> but... <laughs> She calls out for help as she continues down the street, and we see vampires blurry in the background, some Spider-Manning across rooftops, and others jumping around like House of Pain. That, <laughs> that was the funniest shit, man. I, I thought it looked so cool. No, it, 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 it does. does <laughs> but, but also, like, really? <laughs> They're excited. They don't need to be doing that. <laughs> I can see you. Yes. What the Clearly. Fuck? Well, shouldn't you be hiding? If yeah. <laughs> they don't think humans are very smart apparently not but the group hears all of this in the attic Eben heading to the window to see what's going on Stella joins him as does Carter who says that they need to get her inside before it's too late but Eben stops him telling him to look at the rooftops behind her <laughs> <laughs> which I think <laughs> I think it would have been better to have that reveal <laughs> now yeah instead yeah. of showing them fucking <laughs> pack it up pack it in let, let me begin. begin it's like come on dude like again like there is no need no not at all it, it, I get what I'm they were trying done. to do but yes. I, I think like Nayad said off mic it must have been a diversion for us to think that they were stalking her right but that's I, not I did think that at first and it looks so cool <laughs> it looks so cool that I <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even question it. No, but, but now it makes even less sense. Oh my God. Yeah. That is, that's fantastic. But we see another shot of Kirsten walking the streets with the vampires on the rooftops. Eben telling the group that they're using her as bait. Kirsten finally reaches the end of the block to find Arvin standing there waiting for her. He raises his head and growls loudly at her. So, okay, I have to tell a, a personal story. There was a long time ago, we were watching this in the living room and our cat, Callie, was watching it with us, mm -hmm. like actually sitting there watching the movie. Mm -hmm. The second that Arvin growled at Kirsten, she fucking ran <laughs> out of the room. Like, Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> she never came back to the living room until the movie was over. <laughs> but uh, every time I see this, I think of that. I rest in peace. Yeah. I love that cat so much. But um, this moment is like ingrained. That's hilarious. She was like, fuck Absolutely you. Absolutely not. She's uh, like, what the fuck are y'all watching? <laughs> Didn't warn me. <laughs> <laughs> but Marlo then appears, as well as several other vampires, as Kirsten cowers, telling them that she tried and that there isn't anyone left. She begs God for mercy as she drops to her knees. Marlo says, God? He looks up to the sky as if he's searching for something, and then he looks back at her sympathetically before telling her, no God. 
that was rude <laughs> it was really fucking cool yes but you didn't need to be looking up in the sky <laughs> you're so dramatic <laughs> i love it it's great but yeah it's a dick move yeah i i did for me man this did not work for me really and i and it, i even put that in my notes I was like man this time around i feel like the problem here is that you've only been speaking in your native language yeah and for me i i think it's just because the way like you said at the beginning the way we already see vampires Mm -hmm. so for me it's like i want you to fully understand or don't at all or if you do still answer me in your language okay i don't i don't need you to you know what it just felt really was like i don't i I can read (laughs) i see the subtitles that was another thing uh that threw me off i can't remember if i said it or not but the stranger understands the vampire language yeah he's a groupie he's (laughs) he's just like "Uh (laughs) uh-huh how long has this been going on Uh, again he doesn't live forever no the stranger i i need fucking i I need more background on that i feel like the the coolness of this moment outweighs what is a what you what you're saying is valid but the coolness outweighs it i i mean i i like i said i usually do enjoy this i just think and like i said it's very nitpicky the the scene is cool but i'm just like come on man you haven't one time said anything in english and you don't need to he does it again i was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) he's i think he was just like i want to hurt kirsten's feelings (laughs) specifically (laughs) (laughs) what did she do to you dude (laughs) but iris and arvin stare at her hungrily but we then cut to Eben running his fucking ass off, seeking cover behind some buildings outside. I was very confused. As to why he's doing this? They never said that he, he wasn't like, well, I got to get out. Yeah. Never. He stopped Carter. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, they, yeah. there was talks about them sneaking to the store or whatever, but. He's alone. And that was a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It confused me, too, because I even put in my notes, I feel like I'm, I missed something. Yeah. yeah. Um, unless he's out there trying to save her, but it's like, I don't think he would be foolish enough to do that. I wouldn't think so either. It's too late. Yeah. Yeah. But Eben hears someone call his name and he looks around confused. He thinks he's losing his shit for a moment, but the voice calls out again. He looks over and sees John Reese hiding in the crawl space underneath one of the buildings. Eben tells him to stay where he is and that he'll make his way over. He watches from behind the building as the vampires circle around Kirsten, they really take their time as they take turns slashing and thrashing her. So they're whooping her ass death proof style. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't understand unless this is maybe to coax people out to try to come and save her. If it maybe. didn't work before. I don't yeah. know. Like y'all have, were so aggressive in eating other people. <laughs> like, <laughs> why are you fucking her up like this? It's, like, well, this they're was full so, now. They yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a week. Yeah, I guess they're trying to work up an appetite. (laughs) (laughs) Burn a few calories. (laughs) But Arvin finally seizes her and she screams as he goes in for the bite. But we cut away abruptly for some reason. I didn't get. Yeah, I don't know. We've seen them motorboating all fucking film. And then now (laughs) now you get a little (laughs) shy. (laughs) But up in the attic, Jake remarks that he's known Kirsten his entire life. But Bo has had enough and he wants to head out. Doug then pipes up asking why they're waiting around for Eben when they can use the time that they have while they're feeding on Kirsten to make a run for it. This is very, very similar to a moment that pops up in the 
Walking Dead game, if you recall. Yeah. I was like, this might be a... Yeah. I think the game's an homage to this, maybe. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the game came after. Yeah. Still. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But tensions are high, and voices grow louder as Bo tells Stella to move out of the way. But everything calms down when Stella tells Bo that they need him here. I was like, man, maybe Eben was right about the community thing. Yeah. Because it works. Yeah. He's like, all right. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes you just need to be needed. I guess. Well, it it, it, it it does. It may, I was like, stay, guy. Yeah. Just, yeah, like, just hang out. <laughs> I don't know if it's just because I like the actor, but I'm like, yeah, keep, give me yeah. a yeah. Don't let him die. But outside, Eben makes a break for John, asking him how long he's been under there. <laughs> Shrouded almost completely in shadows. <laughs> <laughs> John tells him that he isn't sure. I'm sure he's fine. Just- <laughs> <laughs> he said, like, not sure. Right? Yeah. Yes. He goes... <laughs> Eben asks where Allie is, and he goes, took Allie, <laughs> couldn't follow. I'm, yeah. I'm going to need you to either start speaking in complete sentences <laughs> yeah. or show me the eyes, yes. like one or the other or both. And we were just, we he already talked to John like a week ago. Right. Yeah. And so he fucking knows his normal demeanor. He doesn't speak like Rorschach all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but he then says, leg hurts. So it's just getting worse. But Eben says that he knows a safe place and goes to pull John out from under the house. John says that he's so hungry and Eben's like, we'll get you something to eat. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, don't worry about that. (laughs) Got fresh meat at the diner. (laughs) (laughs) A bowl of hamburger. It's good for what else? (laughs) We're going to just ignore every red flag. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Sure. But when John looks up at him, of course, we see that his eyes are all black and his teeth have grown sharp. Eben backs away, but John comes after him slowly, collapsing to the ground on his bad leg. Eben helps him up and is almost overpowered by John before throwing him to the ground. A tussle ensues, resulting in Eben's gun being knocked away from him and John getting tangled up in a swing set in his pursuit of Eben. Eben snags a nearby axe and chops John right in the neck. He watches John's reaction to the first swing before standing up and having another go at it. He swings the axe back three more times, and we hear John's head topple to the ground. The camera pulls back to John's headless body swaying in the swing set, his severed head and the blood-stained snow all around him. I enjoyed this. Hell yeah. Yeah, I did too. My only thing hmm? is they were just death-proofing right up the street. Yes. Right. They're being loud as fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> the fact that nobody All was right. like... Wait a minute. What was that? <laughs> Whose footprints are these? Oh, that, they were nobody, still going. I yeah. guess. I, I did want to call out that shot. Yeah. The, with the snow pouring and everything. Yeah. I thought it looked brilliant, but then now the more you talk about it, it does yeah. Well, it just, you know... <laughs> it's a nitpick, but it's true. I think because I am so... Like, I get so worried about any sound when I'm watching a movie like this. Yeah. I'm like, Evan, why are you running so hard? Like, <laughs> be, like be quiet. Like, I get invested in, you know, don't get caught. Of course. In the fact that he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no. And they're like, no, we're busy. There's no yeah. repercussions. Um, this, though, for me, again, and it was, uh, it, it has to do with something later that, we'll talk about i know what you're yes okay i totally yeah because i after this i was like hold on now yes I was like wait a minute uh, <laughs> well let's yeah. keep going All right. it's honestly kind of infuriating <laughs> <laughs> but eben makes it back to the kelso place and he's unable to catch his breath 
He falls to the floor, trying to get his breathing under control as Stella and Bo come downstairs to check on him. Bo notices the blood, but Stella notices his breathing. She asks where his inhaler is, and through asthmatic gasps, Eben tells her that he lost it. We knew this was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I thought this was going to be a bigger deal. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> he tells them that John Reese became one of the vampires. I'm sorry. It really does. Yeah. He's like, oh, just give me like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I was running really hard. <laughs> But we cut to Marlo and Iris discovering John's body outside. Marlo rolls John's head over and examines his teeth. He then looks around like, I told these motherfuckers yeah. not. Because <laughs> this is this yeah. is the only rule. Yeah. He said, don't, tur- don't so turn who, anyone. Who did it? That again, that never comes up either. Yeah. I, I guess it was the the other bald one, right? But he just stole Allie and ran away. Maybe he came back. <laughs> a lot of stuff happens off screen. Or could it be the slash? Yeah. Oh, maybe. maybe. Damn. So it is like 28 days later. Yeah, I guess. Barely any of it. Yeah. Just like one drop of blood got in his eye or whatever. Don't make me cry. I, know, dude. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I hurt myself. I can't finish this if I start crying. <laughs> but back in the attic, Eben rests on a bed while Stella looks after him. Behind their backs, Isaac sneaks over to the attic door. He's already halfway out before Stella notices and she chases him down the ladder. Very loudly, he says that he's walking to Wainwright, but Stella whispers to him that that's 80 miles away and asks him to come back upstairs. He shouts for his son to come down with him and to bring his mother. Wilson tries to quiet him down and Stella tells him that he'll die if he goes outside. Isaac loudly disagrees, saying that he'll die if he stays in here. He breaks down into sobs, confused, but Wilson tells him that it's all right. Isaac composes himself, asking if he can use the bathroom. Stella allows it, but reminds him not to flush and says that they'll release the valve afterwards. Wilson walks him to the bathroom and returns to Stella. Stella says that she's surprised that they've made it this far, but Wilson tells her that every day they need more food and they'll be back. But they hear some noise coming from inside the bathroom and are able to unlock the door and get inside. (laughs) Once they do, there's no sign of Isaac, but the window is wide open (laughs) and the curtain is flapping in the breeze. He gave him the old line of huts. I must use the restroom. (laughs) Unbelievable. Yeah, I couldn't believe this. It was, hey, that's a great plan. Yeah. He got exactly what he wanted. All right, all right. Just let me into the bathroom real quick. (laughs) But Wilson rushes for the door, but Stella tries to stop him from going out without a plan. Full of raw emotion, he tells her that that's his father, and he knocks her down. That was a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I I get it, but you didn't have to push her like that. No! That's too much. As she falls, she hits her head on a stool, the sound of which wakes Eben up in the attic. (laughs) He's like, (gasps) Like, you didn't hear anything else? It's a spider sense. It sounded like a big fake. (laughs) (laughs) But Wilson heads outside. That's true. They were, he was shouting. Yeah. He was yelling. (laughs) But Wilson heads outside and Eben climbs downstairs with his axe. Stella sits up, disoriented, and tells Eben what happened. But after hearing a noise from outside, Eben guides Stella into the bathroom with him and quietly closes the door. They do so just in time because in walks a snarling Arvin. He sniffs around for a meal, immediately making his way to the bathroom door. But before his hand can reach the knob, he hears Wilson outside calling out to Isaac. Wilson tries to maintain cover, running from building to building, but then just stands in the middle of the blizzard, out in the open, calling out loudly. 
He is then promptly dragged away by a vampire. I know better than anyone how hard it is to be quiet, okay? (laughs) This was not the move for you or your dad. This was not the way to run out there. Do we see the dad again? No. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I feel like, look, I understand um, everything that's going on with his father. Yeah. There is a way to quietly get him back into the house. There's, or search for him or anything. a full-on fucking blizzard outside. Yeah. There's no way he made it very far. No. He had one direction to go, which is the direction from the bathroom window. Yeah. Just yeah. go around the side of the house. Yeah. But he's like, Dad! Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, shut the Did fuck up. Did you forget up. what's yeah. been going on the last <laughs> I was going to say, not only that, you know what's waiting outside. Yes. You remember them jumping around on the roof? Yeah. That was today. That was like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> it was just a very avoidable death. Yeah. But back in the attic, Eben sits with Stella, who blames herself for what just happened. But Eben tells her that it's hard to stop someone when their family's in danger. He says, the things you do to save your own probably means nothing. Yeah, that definitely won't come back. <laughs> um, but she's like, I should have fought harder. He like basically gave you a concussion. Yeah, yeah. you did what you, you did. could. But Stella asks if they were like that once. And Eben nods very slightly, but doesn't completely answer. They then hear loud banging noises and the survivors, including Lucy and Denise, who you might have forgotten existed, are frozen in fear as the sounds continue. I did. Yeah. They <laughs> See? It's, it's irritating to me. But Eben covers their little peeping hole window and tells the group that whatever was making the noise is gone, but it's snowing outside. He tells them as soon as it's safe, they have to move. So I did want to say, I, as I said at the top in the intro, mm-hmm. I enjoy cozy horror cold horror moments yeah yeah but i have to say i don't know what it is if the pacing is odd but something about this attic business kind of dragged for me it's because they don't stay here yeah is that like it? some of them stay behind so they get no characterization they get no character work uh-huh and then the rest of them are out they're outside or they're downstairs or whatever we're not here enough like it doesn't feel that we're using it like like in, yeah. the, mi- in the mist yeah we're in that fucking store even when they leave for a minute to venture out, we're in the store. It doesn't feel that way at all for me, for the attic, at all. Maybe that's it. If they had used the time for more characterization. Yeah. Because, I mean, we know a lot about, we know enough, or anyway, about Doug and Bo. Yeah. Of course, about uh, Jake and Stella and <laughs> Evan. <laughs> I've, I've forgotten all the names. <laughs> we know them. We know those guys. We know them. We clearly know them, especially their names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but all we know about Lucy is that she owns a diner. Yeah. And all we know about Denise is that she enjoys threesomes and she will <laughs> leave you for dead. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Which, cool. Both are great Which things to know. I was going to say, it's honestly a lot to know about someone. <laughs> it's a start. These are so hard right. things to know. at their best and at their worst. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they, maybe she did get some conversation. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop complaining. <laughs> but Eben wasn't joking about it snowing outside because it soon reaches whiteout conditions. We then see the group using the blizzard as cover to move undetected through the streets. The way that it cut to them, I couldn't tell that this was our group. I thought this was the vampires like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we fucked Maybe up. Maybe we yeah. just raven fucking in the yeah. snow. <laughs> 
<laughs> I swear to God. No, yeah, I, I too, for a second, I was like, what the fuck? Oh, it's them. Yeah. But me too, I, and I had to ask your sister, because I was like, why is, is it too cold for the vampires? They were just fucking out there now. <laughs> She's like, no, it's a whiteout. You can't see. I was like, oh. I was, yeah. like, I was like, what? What are they, fucking cold-blooded? You know <laughs> They're like, oh, <laughs> hell no. no, no, no. Um, Absolutely yeah. not. We're going to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, don't y'all have a mall and we can just Dawn of the Dead this shit? Hell yeah. Well, that'd be a little too close. They don't have a mall. (laughs) (laughs) But they continue on, the wind whipping around them until they finally reach a grocery store. Eben sneaks in first, checking to make sure it's clear. After standing at the door, turning on his flashlight, and looking around for about four seconds, (laughs) he brings the entire rest of the group inside. He gets the group to divide and conquer the store to get supplies and says to meet back up front in two minutes. The group does as told, gathering the requested items. Eben very wisely finds an inhaler behind the medicine counter and takes a puff of it. And it looked good. It did. He didn't prime um, it. He didn't. Uh, but my thing was like, did you just put the asthma attack on hold or like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like priorities? We got. Yeah. <laughs> but we see folks grabbing everything from bear repellent to Oreos. Doug remembering that he promised his wife that he wouldn't live on them while she was gone. Denise is like, I don't give a shit. (laughs) He's like, my wife doesn't like the dark. (laughs) We spoke about it earlier. I don't know. (laughs) Were you there? You were there, right? (laughs) But just then, the group hears a pained moan coming from the other end of the store, and they stop dead in their tracks. The moans are followed by choking noises, so Doug and Denise go to investigate it. Just around the corner, they stumble upon a victim being fed on by Little Girl Vampire, played by Abby Mae Wakefield. The little girl soon grows tired of feeding, remarking in English that she's done playing with this one. She turns to the group, her mouth bloody, and asks, Do you want to play with me now? Before screeching at them. What is this? I don't know. Yeah. I was like, is this Pet Cemetery? <laughs> like, what? Like, this, this feels like it's out of a different film. Yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. I don't get it. I mean, it's like horrific that it's a little girl. Also, she was tatted up. <laughs> that, yeah. that threw me off a little I bit. Was a little yeah. um, that was part of the hazing or <laughs> like the beginning here into the gang or whatever. <laughs> but really, when your shoe shoe said the maiden or whatever, yeah, yeah. that I was like, what? <laughs> how, how are you doing that? Because yeah. even John couldn't speak. And if and if that happened to John when we saw it happen, he's been turning for seven days. Yeah. yeah. So she could be ninety years old. I'm I I'm very I'm really confused. I don't understand. That that's what my beef was was that when dude was turning, he he wasn't even making full sentences. Uh huh. And then he just stopped talking. You're dead ass talking to me like a a normal person. Uh huh. But you're not. <laughs> you're a goddamn yeah, vampire. You're a vampire. And you're like quipping. Like yeah. you're like yeah. not even like, I'm so hungry or something. She's like, yeah, you want to play? Like, yeah. are you Chucky? <laughs> like what? I yeah. feel like I, they, I just didn't, I didn't care no. for this. Not even your leader sounds like that. That's the no. thing. That's where I had my complaint because even when he was, he was like, God. Yeah, yeah. He had to struggle to say two words. Yeah. But she's speaking full sentences. Why are we going to have a vampire language if you're not going to fucking yeah. use it? <laughs> like, what the hell? Why do we do that? You're yeah. being really disrespectful. I, I, Why didn't we just all speak English then if you're going to be doing quips for the trailer? Yeah. And like the baby voice. I It just, I not, it didn't work for me no. at all. Or, I like the fact that uh, this is happening 
it is horrible for this to be happening to a child. It has that whole morality thing of uh-huh. like, you yeah. are a vampire, but you look like a kid. I get that. I don't like leave that. I do want to say you said the baby voice or whatever. This is an actual child. Actress. I don't like it. <laughs> it's, I don't like it. It's not an adult. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> no, didn't, didn't like it. Fair uh, enough. Or, or maybe have her Make say it like raspier or like maybe she sounds like, I don't know. Just she, in their language. She that, sounded, that's what I want. Yeah, she just, sounded so happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But Doug and Denise run back to the group and for whatever reason, don't tell Eben what they just saw when he asks them. How big is this store? How did yeah. Eben not hear this? She said it very loudly. Yeah. <laughs> what a play. Yeah. It's like, yeah, she's here. <laughs> and this is why you fucking check the store before you bring the whole group in. Yeah. yeah. Like that was just rookie. But Eben walks down the aisle with his axe, finding the corpse that the little vampire was feeding on but stares into a shadowy doorway ready for whatever's there. The little vampire charges at him, but he swings and misses. She bowls his ass over, rushing for Carter, who sprays her with, I think, bear mace? Yeah, something. But since she's not a bear, it doesn't work. (laughs) 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 And she... (laughs) She promptly tackles Carter. Yeah. The thought of it only working on bears yeah. is the funniest fucking thing. It's, it's just like mist. It means nothing. <laughs> Don't try that at home. <laughs> He's not a bear. He passed. Yeah. He'll be fine. Don't do that. <laughs> but she starts clawing into his face. He throws her off of him and Eben, Bo, and Stella pick her up and pin her against the wall, calling out for someone to grab something. Jake retrieves Eben's axe and without hesitation, chops the little girl right in the throat, decapitating her. The chaos quelled, Jake stands shaken, remarking that she was only a little girl. It For me, it's the fact that everybody's looking at him like he's a monster. Yeah. When it's like someone, someone had to do I know yeah. it's horrible, yeah. but somebody had to do it. And, and they're like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was something that kind of bummed me out and I don't know if it's just the cut of the film or what, but on the featurette that they showed this scene being filmed, yeah, they showed the decapitation and the CG that went into all the neck meat and all this yeah, stuff yeah. in full. But when we see it in the film, you see a very tight shot of the neck being chopped, right, and then nothing else. Maybe it was too much because it's a kid. Maybe they had uh, to cut it. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I guess it looked really cool. You should. <laughs> <laughs> all the stuff on here looks really good. It yeah, does. It does. That, that is fair. But Eben just hugs his brother and Bo tells him that he did the right thing. Stella consoles Jake after Eben walks away and the entire group realizes that they have no idea who this little girl is after Denise asks them. So that's even more reason that she should be be speaking that language. Yeah. I I thought that she was a little girl from town that had been turned. No. So that makes me like this even less. Yeah. <laughs> to be and I think yeah. that in turn is what kind of made me not like him speaking what li- okay. that little English. Because you're like, you're because it's like, yeah, say, like, come on, y'all, the the rules, you, yeah. you, you know, kinda, follow them. Yeah. You know, children learn multiple languages faster. <laughs> I did hear that. That is true. They soak it up like a sponge. So seven days. Yeah. <laughs> Carter seems a little worse for wear, though, still resting on the floor. But Lucy stands at the window bearing bad news. The whiteout is over. That was fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But we get shots of the light snow outside, and we get text at the lower third that reads, Day 18. Inside the store, Eben tells the group that they have to move. Doug says the Utilidor is too far away without any cover, and that gives Eben pause. But Carter speaks up from under his hood, asking if they could make it to the station if someone created a diversion. Carter looks super chill. Yeah. <laughs> super I'm sure, normal. I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> I was like, why is he like that? Yeah. <laughs> but nobody comments on that at all. Eben just asks how, and before Carter can answer, Stella says that the vampires can't survive the sun and asks, what if they brought the sun to them early? Stella says that Helen had that weed growing operation at her house and Jake chimes in saying that she used an ultraviolet light to grow it. Stella offers to use herself as a distraction and have the vampires follow her back to Helen's house and then blast them with the lamp. Bo says that just because that stopped Bela Lugosi doesn't mean that it'll stop these things. Hey, I get that reference. (laughs) I was very happy about it. But Stella asks why they'd send the stranger to isolate them if they could handle sunlight, which is an interesting point. Right. Jake asks, what if it doesn't work? But Stella says that it has to. Eben volunteers himself, <laughs> kind of bragging that he's the fastest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, on day 14, which you guys didn't see, yeah. Yeah. we all raced each other. <laughs> I won by a landslide. Was he stretching by telling her this? Yeah. <laughs> But Jake calls bullshit and says that he weighs less than Eben and he knows Helen's house better. But Eben reminds him that he's 15 and he's not going anywhere. Told you he was 15. Still don't buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Jake counters telling Eben that he has a wife and people who need him. Eben reminds him of how shaken he was chopping up that little vampire and doubts that he has it in him to do it again. Stella says that Eben doesn't even think that the plan will work but Eben says that she does, so he's going. He says he'll see them at the station, and Stella reminds him that he'll have to start Helen's generator when he gets there, and says that they'll see him soon. He goes to head out, and Stella is clearly fighting tears as he does, but doesn't say anything. Yeah. She's like, have a good one, bro. Yeah. <laughs> she gives he's him a fist bump. <laughs> he's gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> Later, brother. Yeah, He's not gonna make it. <laughs> My thing is like, she's clearly changing her mind. Right. And this could be the last time you ever see him. Tell him you love him. Yeah. Yeah. It, it might make him feel good. Give him the strength he needs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She's Run faster. Like, yeah. yeah. Even faster because he's the fastest. Oh, he yeah. He is the fastest. We've determined this. <laughs> But Eben very loudly makes his way to Helen's house, calling out to get the attention of the vampires, banging his axe against cars. It's very Shaun of the Dead. 100,000%. That's what it made me think of. But also, they're smart. They're smart enough to use somebody as bait to try to drop people out. That's true. This is clearly, like, this is like you look up diversion in the dictionary, (laughs) and that's what this is. Well, he's like, come on, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's not going to (laughs) work. But it kind of does. I know. That's why I'm like, how? The rest of the group sneaks out of the back of the general store. Marlo and Iris watch from a hilltop, calling all the vampires to attention. Like, you see the stupid shit? (laughs) (laughs) I did want to point out, and this is what you were saying earlier, but Marlo and Iris almost lean in to kiss each other. Yeah. Yeah. But then they screech instead. I'm like, oh, I guess that's That's how they kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. They're married now. (laughs) (laughs) That was a proposal. It's different. It's a beautiful couple. But Eben finally makes it to Helen's house, starting up the generator outside as vampires make their way for him. 
There's a minor bit of suspense that they honestly could have milked a little bit more. Yeah. He pulls the chain to start the generator, but then he's completely inside with all the power on <laughs> yeah. by the time the vampire is around the corner. He's like, oh, it's she took care of her generator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is a great if condition. There's one, thing, <laughs> one thing about Helen. But the rest of the group continues quietly through the cold. Out of nowhere, screaming from a rooftop dives Callie, a vampire played by Melissa Billington. She falls right onto Doug and immediately goes to town on his neck meat. <laughs> the music goes wild as the frenzy continues, but the group just leaves Doug behind and continues on making it to the station. What what can they do? Well, nothing. Yeah. And he was kind of a dick earlier. Yeah. Well, he's he's doing what he said earlier. Yeah. He's creating you want it? Yeah. yeah. He said some of us might not make it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was he You were right. <laughs> he was right. But back at Helen's house, Eben finds the ultraviolet lamp and readies it to blast the encroaching vampires. Meanwhile, the group heads inside the station, Stella once again eyeing what we now know is Helen's blood, but also a trail of blood leading away from the cell where the stranger's body was. So they ate him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was the raw hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> That's the he, twist. You were the raw hamburger all along, stranger. <laughs> But Eben lies in wait, watching through the window as Marlo and Iris join the group of vampires outside. Iris takes point on this one with Marlo's growled approval. She busts in, ready to nosh, but Eben immediately shines the light at her. She shields her face, retreating and collapsing through the doorway into Marlo's arms. She screams as he looks at her, and he sees that half of her face and most of her body have been burned black by the UV light. He Harvey dented that bitch on her. <laughs> <laughs> she's just flipping a coin yeah like oh man it's straight and and it's it looks cool because you see the arm that shielded the other yes. side and then i was like oh shit it looks great yeah it's like they i they paid attention yeah that's very smart but as she writhes in pain on the ground the vampires begin to circle around the house marlo staring down his new mortal enemy Eben calls into Stella on the radio, sounding surprisingly chill for what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> he says, hey, yeah, it worked, but they're going to cut the power out. So, <laughs> and then they immediately then cut they the power out. <laughs> they, they heard him. Cut it, cut it. That's cut a it. great <laughs> idea. He knows it's coming anyway. Do it. But as Marlo makes his way inside, Eben bails out the back exit and runs for it. Marlo exits the house, too, sending his vampire subordinates on Eben's trail. Eben calls into Stella again, telling her that he got out and that the group shouldn't wait for him. Bo asks for the walkie, and after taking a moment, tells Eben to run for Rogers Avenue toward the trencher. He hands the walkie back to a stunned Stella, telling her that now it's his turn. Which isn't exactly true, because he saved both their lives. He did. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really her You're turn. selling yeah. yourself short. He really is. But he f he's part of the town now, so he's got to... Yeah. But back at Helen's house, Marlo returns to the wounded Iris. He asks if she understands what can be broken must be broken. She nods solemnly, and he puts his hands over her eyes before sinking his fangs into her neck. Is that a thing? Like, you I can don't. get high off your own supply like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, don't they usually drink? I don't. I mean, I don't know. I'm no vampire yeah, expert. I remember interview with a vampire and they're like, you gave me cold blood. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he'd be fucking pissed or whatever. I, the, <laughs> the 
the other <laughs> thing as well is like this has never been a th- I understand they're playing fast and loose with the vampire right myth. I would have liked to have seen a staking right yeah, that would have been cool I, I thought he was just like trying to decapitate her you know what I mean because that seems to be the only way yeah they really do them. like taking the head so off. he's like you know what here I'll just yeah, I'll bite your neck off <laughs> but here. he's taking the slow way around no yeah I, <laughs> he's like you ate recently and yeah. there's probably some warm blood in yeah. there so <laughs> But we cut to Bo driving the trencher, fucking vampires up left and right like a fucking action hero. I was like, all he needs is an action hero line, yeah. which he does. He get. does get <laughs> <laughs> But the chainsaw bit slices into one of the vampires, tossing it to the ground like it was nothing. Then Bo kicks the door open and blasts a few with a shotgun, shouting, fuck off, which I was like, all right, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> but... Just then, one jumps onto the front window, but Bo is able to whip him off, running over him and crushing his spine hilariously. A few make their way onto the back of the vehicle, but immediately step into armed bear traps, scream in pain, and then tumble off. (laughs) Well, he was prepared. It worked. The onslaught continues as Bo nears the hotel. In one very cool sequence, another vampire jumps onto the front window, but Bo blasts him with the shotgun, which sends him right into the saw and it chops yeah, him in half. Oh, yeah. I was like, the rest of the group should really be embarrassed at the amount <laughs> of fucking just badass. He's one he was able- guy. Yeah, he's by yeah, himself. He's and fucking them up. It's very quick. It is. A trail of shrieking vampires gain on the vehicle as Bo crashes through the entrance of the hotel. Before he does, he says, welcome to Barrow, top of the world. <laughs> That's yeah. it. <laughs> That's what I wanted. And we got it. But he bails out weakly and wounded with his shotgun and a box of flares in tow. The vampires begin breaking into the building, and when Bo goes to fire at them, the shotgun clicks empty. He tosses it away and lights up a couple of flares. Just as Arvin enters the building, he stares him dead in the face and tells him, Sorry, Sheriff, but you ain't- <laughs> <laughs> You son of a bitch! <laughs> Nobody says you ain't eating me. <laughs> <laughs> that was my next I, note. <laughs> it was too close. Yeah. It was just too close. You ain't getting me. <laughs> but he drops the flares into the box full of unlit flares, causing an explosion which bursts silently into a fireball, sending him backwards in a flip with his legs on fire and causing flames to engulf the building. It was fucking cool. Yes. Yeah. In short. In short. <laughs> fucking cool. <laughs> But Eben watches from afar as the vampires stare transfixed at the flames. A few of them who are inside jump out, and somehow, Bo is also outside, lying on the snow on the ground. I was very surprised. I was like, he died a hero's death. Yes. Uh, Spoiler alert for Halloween 2, Dr. Loomis style. (laughs) Yeah. You know, he handled his shit. He took some out, but no, he's still here. Yeah, okay. I thought it was a box of dynamites. I was like, you would have been blown to fucking pieces, dude. (laughs) That makes more sense. (laughs) There was like eight sticks in there. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's a lot of dynamite in there. Uh, That makes more sense then. Okay, because I was like, what a shame. Didn't even blow himself up. No. But, okay. That makes, yeah. And I'm not 100% sure that flares would react that way. I thought they would still, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I've never lit a flare in my life. You need to tell me flares aren't dynamite? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) But he tries to crawl away, but is stopped by Marlo, who puts his boot on his head. He tells him that when a man meets a force he can't destroy, he destroys himself instead. He calls Bo a plague as he presses down harder with his boot. 
Marlowe brings his boot down again, and with a loud crack, he crushes Bo's skull, killing him. Marlowe then just walks off like it's no big deal. He's just like wiping yeah. his shoe. Yeah, he's like gross, dude. Like he stepped in <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, hated to see him go, but goddamn, yeah. that dude. He that was great. He that made was him, a great sequence. Yeah. He made him work for it. <laughs> he did. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. I did want to point out um, at the very last shot when the boot goes in. Yeah. It's a prosthetic head, but it looks so. Yes, no, it, it does. Good. I was shocked to find that out. But Eben reaches the station, reuniting with Stella, who just stands there. Eben says, Bo, and Stella adds, and Doug. Finally, they share an embrace in the lobby. I was like, fucking yeah. good Lord. We've been working towards this the whole Right. <laughs> but once they meet back up with the others, Lucy remarks that now there's only six of them left. With his back to everyone, <laughs> <laughs> Carter retorts, soon there'll just be five. So we love a dramatic reveal. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'll let you... Okay. explain and then i'll you go ahead okay he turns around to look at eben removing his hood the camera goes from person to person who react in subdued horror as carter says that it was the girl at the grocery store he's changed and he's so thirsty so the girl at the grocery store was 11 days ago yeah yes just for anyone keeping count but anyway <laughs> Again, we love the dramatic reveal, removing the hood. Like, we didn't see it coming at all when you were being all sketchy and we right, were with your right. head on earlier. Not at all. Um, Looking like Assassin's Creed. Would yeah. it, <laughs> if you knew, wouldn't you volunteer to go out there if you're dead anyway? You let two fucking people yeah. volunteer to risk their lives yeah. to go out there and you're just sitting there slowly becoming more and more like a vampire. It, it made me laugh because it was his idea. Yeah. Exactly. He's like, if someone wants to run with that, that's fine. I'm, I don't have a problem sharing ideas. I'll take a co-creator credit, but it's like, hey, God damn. Yeah. That's absurd. Nobody would even have to know. No. You know what I mean? They you go out there him. and basically sacrifice yourself because you're dead anyway. You're yeah. a goddamn hero. That, that's, that's appalling. Carter, <laughs> Carter, do better. But with his eyes black and his teeth sharp, he tells Eben what he couldn't tell him earlier. The photo at the Utilidor is all he has left of his family. He says his wife was taking the kids to visit their grandmother and they were hit by a drunk driver. Stifling a sob, he says he wanted to be with them so much, but he couldn't bring himself to do it. But he says he knows that they're waiting for him and he tells them that he can't live forever. He asks Eben not to let him. So this performance is incredible. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense the non-poker faced reaction back at the you know, muffin you, yeah, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Back at Otis Spunkmeyer. <laughs> I did say that um, this this is part of where I'm complaining about the rules. Yeah. Because you have John who took seven days. Exactly. He takes 11. And we'll have more on that. Yeah. <laughs> shortly. Well, okay. I got a rebuttal, but. Oh. Well, yeah. I'm later. Interested. All right. But Stella says that they can't do it, but Eben says Carter told them what he wants. Carter removes his winter coat, tears welling in his eyes as he walks into the sheriff's office. Eben joins him alone, closing the door behind him and holding the axe. Stella sinks down against the wall, holding her ears as the rest of the group stands horrified. We hear the axe come down twice and Carter's head fall to the floor. After a moment, Eben somberly rejoins the group, 
receiving looks from Denise, Lucy, and Jake. That's a tough call, but I mean... Yeah. Yeah, but why are y'all looking judgmental? No, I don't know. Especially you, Jake. Yeah. You did your own... N- uh, you killed things. that little girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys remember when Jake just- <laughs> <laughs> deflect, deflect. Use the kid. I just <laughs> again. I feel like if I'm Carter, I would rather go out potentially in a useful way. Right. Maybe taking some of them out or luring them away or doing something rather than just getting beheaded like I'm fucking Henry the Eighth's wife. <laughs> like I, that's crazy to me. That's history. <laughs> <laughs> you learn things on this show. <laughs> that is a fair point, and it would have done better. I mean, maybe if they had set him up with maybe Doug's character arc of being kind of a weasel. Yeah. And then he, in the end, is like... Like a, like a redemption. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. That was just odd to me. It's fucking sad. Very. But I just... It makes me question him a little bit, because I'm like, you, <laughs> you've, you've been sitting on this for yeah. 11 days, first of all. That's a you long can time. Turn... When were you going to say something? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And nobody notices him acting weird? It, yeah. It's like, you never it's like why do you have your hood on all before? the time? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't need his food. He just... Yeah. Why do you keep looking at your neck in the mirror? <laughs> why aren't you in the mirror? <laughs> Carter, you don't have a reflection That's anymore, weird as dude. shit. But we then get an exterior shot of the sheriff station, text in the lower left reading, day 27. Evan looks out the window, calling Stella and Jake's attention to a light in a window across the street. When Evan turns his flashlight on and off, the flashlight in the other window responds in kind. Jake realizes it's Billy. Cut to Eben and Stella hoofing it across the street and making it inside Billy's house. I will say Eben is faster than Stella. Yeah, <laughs> so he was right. right. <laughs> I think Julie would have smoked both. Oh, of them, absolutely. Well, nobody runs like Julie Haynes, <laughs> so no arguments there. But isn't it strange to anyone else that nobody has checked on Billy for almost the entire month? That's oh, true. Yeah. The first day, one of the things that they had said was, as soon as we get the stuff up and running again, call Billy but I guess they just forget. Nobody did that. A lot of shit's been going on. Yeah. <laughs> it's diffusion of responsibility. They're all like, I'm sure somebody else called Billy. <laughs> well, in all fairness, Helen was supposed to, but then she got eaten, which Fair enough. Jake saw happen. Which by she, the way. He saw it. He saw it all. <laughs> but they cautiously make their way down the hall, calling out to Billy quietly. They find him in his bedroom, sitting on the floor, looking very haggard. We soon see why as the camera pans over to their bed where we see a couple of lumps, all three of which have red stains at the top underneath a blanket. Stella crouches down to Billy's level before looking up at Eben, telling him it's Peggy and the girls. We we know. Well, yeah. Yeah. We know. He's right there. Maybe you yeah. don't need to say that in front of him. <laughs> well, he knows too. I mean, I know, but <laughs> God damn. But shock simmers on Eben's face as Billy tells him that he heard the screams outside and he didn't want them to die like everyone else. He says he tried to shoot himself too, but the gun jammed. I thought they had gotten attacked. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I thought they had been turned into vampires. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he had to do what he had to do. God damn, dude. And this kind of reminded me of 28 Days Later too. Yes. Kind of in a different way, but. It also reminds me of a very, very dark moment that I always forget in the Dawn of the Dead remake. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm like, oh, shit, that's in this? Yeah. That's this. Yeah. Because you're like, god damn, it's a, little da- it's a little darker than it needs yeah. to be. It's really <laughs> fucking dark. Like, you sure Sam Raimi was involved? <laughs> <laughs> 
But Billy starts to cry as Eben makes his way over to the bed. Billy admits that he never should have signaled to them, but he couldn't stand being alone anymore. Eben walks over to him, kneeling down in front of him, grasping his shirt clumsily in anger and disgust. He forces him to the ground, telling him that he had a family. He says, you don't ever hurt them. But Billy just lies there without a word. I thought this was going to be the last that we saw of Billy. No. (laughs) But cut to them in the next scene where we see Eben and Stella bringing Billy back to the station. Yeah. Yeah. So can he not walk? I have no answer to that. Because (laughs) I I know he can because he does later. Yeah. But in like two instances, they're carrying him through the snow and I don't understand why. (laughs) That's a... I got nothing. (laughs) I guess it's just a better visual for bringing him back. I guess. They're like, they'll have more sympathy on you if you say you you got your your leg kicked (laughs) out of your leg, though. (laughs) (laughs) But as soon as they get there, the station is completely cleared out. Stella posits that they might have tried for the Utilidor, so they decide to head out together. She says it like it's nothing. Yeah. But they ab- that would be abandoning them. Yeah. Yes. How long were they gone? It, well, for us, it was like two minutes of screen time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, and here's my thing. No note? No. No, oh, we heard this. We had to leave. We'll be at the blank. No. Nah. Nothing. They just fucking left. Yeah. And I guarantee there's some paper at the police station. Yeah. And it's your fucking brother as well. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm just, I was very confused by that. But the three of them lie prone under a crawl space, checking out the path ahead with a flashlight. Off in the distance, they see Gail Robbins walking alone in her winter coat, her face covered in blood. Remember when I told you to remember this kid earlier? Yeah, um, I didn't because my note is, who does this child belong to? <laughs> But rather than letting her go due to past experiences of fucking vampires using diversions and shit, Stella stops her and steps out from under the house. Just as she does, Zuriel rounds the corner, shrieking at really nothing. He's That's just how he enters room. <laughs> <laughs> so he likes to announce his arrival. Yeah. <laughs> but Stella scoops up Gail and they rush back to Eben. Eben, for whatever reason tells them that he'll meet them at the Utilidor and they go back underneath the house as Eben gets up with the axe. Billy joins him against his protests and they stand right in the way of Zuriel. He shrieks at them and they just take off running. I I know it's a kid. Uh-huh. You know it's a fucking trap. You thought, really? Yeah, oh, I just like, just follow, follow keep looking. <laughs> it like, is going? weird to me. Where has she been? Yeah. It's been almost the whole month. That is a fair point. I got nothing. See, <laughs> now they're just throwing shit at us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. In all fairness. We need a reason for them to be separated. That's the only reason that this has happened. Yeah. There's literally no reason for this separation. I thought what was going to happen is that they were he was going to fight Serial. Yeah. yeah. But they just run away. Yeah. So why did we do we, any of this? We just need them to be separated. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. No. <laughs> <laughs> But Billy hides behind a nearby shed, but overhead, we see Arvin crawling across a nearby roof. Eben, however, has made it to the Utilidor alone. I know that this would have ruined the end of the film that they have coming later. Right. But to me, it would have made a lot more sense if Billy and Eben hang back to fight Zuriel and Gail and Stella make it to the Utilidor first. Yeah. All right. The thing is, is it completely goes against Eben's character Mm -hmm. at all and then i feel like those 
qualities in him would be heightened after seeing what Billy did to his family. Yes. So I just don't, I do not, I do not see him leaving her. It makes no sense. Especially with this dude skulking around out here. Like, I don't. (laughs) But Eben climbs up an outdoor ladder and into the structure. Passing long pipes inside, Eben makes his way to the Muffin Monster room. He climbs down and surveys the area. From around the corner, Jake runs to him and they hug, happy to be reunited again. Denise and Lucy walk over as well, but when Eben asks them, they say that there's been no sign of Stella or Gale, and this worries Eben tremendously. But somewhere outside, Marlowe rallies his troops. He says that it took them centuries to make them believe that they were only bad dreams, and he says that they can't give them a reason to suspect, and he tells them to destroy them all. So the first part makes perfect sense, obviously. But the second part is kind of a plot line that I heard about in the comic that doesn't really work here. It makes more sense the way that it was done in the comic. Yeah. We'll get to it in just a bit uh, whenever more stuff starts going on outside. All right, all right. But it's just odd. I will say that it's an excellent line, though. Oh, it's fantastic. It's so good. Yeah. But the vampires love the sound of this, screeching into the night in approval. Back at the Utilidor... Billy joins them, making his way through the same ladder entrance that Eben did. Unfortunately, we see the door open behind him, and we also see two sharp-nailed, long-fingered hands reaching up. The group stands around as Eben creaks open a large metal blind to look out the window. He calls Stella on the walkie, but he doesn't get an answer. Billy roams around the utilidor calling out to them, but they're all preoccupied by Eben and the walkie. They finally take notice when they hear commotion from the other room, because in the other room, Arvin jumps down onto Billy and immediately tucks into his neck, chomping down. So we only brought Billy back to die. To get yeah. Killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But Eben attacks Arvin with the axe, but on the second swing, Arvin grabs it, whacks Billy in the face with it, and throws it out of reach. Eben and Arvin tussle, the rest of the group attempting to help, but being tossed off with ease. Billy bleeds profusely from his neck as Arvin advances on Eben, just above the whirring blades of the muffin monster. Billy rushes Arvin, knocking him right into them, and they promptly devour his body like so many helicopter parts. (coughs) But when Billy turns back to the group, he cries out in pain, revealing that his right arm has been severed by the machine at his elbow. <laughs> this I, I am surprised by this every single time. <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> when you think it couldn't get worse. Yeah. yeah. And it's fucking gruesome. Yeah. It looks great though. It oh, does. Yeah. Eben tries to help him, but he refuses that help, pushing him away and screaming in pain. A scream that slowly morphs into a screech. That was really fucking yeah. good. I appreciated that a lot. Oh yeah. I would have liked it more if the transmission time had been cut down on a few of those other vampires yeah. in the past. Oh, that's what you were talking. Okay, yeah. I, got, I got no defense. Oh, yeah, I got no defense. You were like, I got something because I thought you were talking yeah, about yeah. something else. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> But knowing what he has to do, Eben snags the axe and plants it right in Billy's throat. Chop after chop, Billy's head hangs on by less and less until he's dead. The camera lingers on Eben, who appears broken. This looked amazing. Yeah. And I guess it might make sense even, you know, along with what you said about it being a child vampire being killed. Yeah. It makes sense to cut that down because this would is way more effective yeah. Yeah. if we haven't seen it before. 
But Marlowe and his remaining vampires march on through the night in search of Eben and his group. Back at the Utilidor, Denise raids Carter's desk of chocolate, vitamins, and vodka, and Eben tries Stella on the radio again as Denise takes a swig of vodka, the cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Jake's like, was there any uh, chapstick in that, t- <laughs> in that desk? Yeah. <laughs> I noticed the same shit. God yeah. damn. Because I said, <laughs> she tells Jake that they should celebrate. It's only one day till sunrise. Jake takes a swig of the vodka too, and it clearly burns his throat and severely chapped lips. <laughs> <laughs> But Eben leans down next to him, telling him that he did good getting everyone here. He did do good, but Arrested Development, man, you got to leave a note. You got to. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But finally, Stella answers back on the radio. Eben responds relieved, but Stella tells him to whisper because they're surrounded. She says she still has Gail with her and they're hiding under the wreckage of a car. So that happened on day 27, right? Yes. And now it's... 20, one more day. Well, one more. So 29. So they just been under there for, for two, two days, days and Evan is just living. Yeah. Like, great <laughs> job getting out of here, dude. I'm just like, He's getting a pedicure. And like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he would have gone back out there for her. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And no, the, yeah. the, the way that things are moving is so confusing because like maybe if they spent two days at Billy's waiting to come back, that would make sense why they left. Fair. Because but they're like, they're they're dead. We never yeah, got any okay. update. Like, it's still day 27. And then she's like, one more day, y'all. <laughs> like, I don't, it's just, it's strange <laughs> to me. some vodka. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we hear some shrieking in the distance, but it's seemingly less shrieky than before. It kind of sounded like Roger Daltrey to me. <laughs> <laughs> but Stella says that they're currently okay, but they're also freezing to death. Jake looks out the window. <laughs> it's not okay. Well, no, I mean 50-50. <laughs> but Jake looks out the window and spots the car that they're hiding under, and Eben says they're coming to get her. Denise thinks that it's a shit plan, and there are way too many vampires outside. They even see Marlo standing there front and center. Eben signs off on the radio so they won't hear, but he reminds Stella that the sun comes up tomorrow and tells her that they're going to watch it together. Stella apologizes to him and says that she never should have left him. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, but... Well, we don't know what happened. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you shouldn't have fucking left him. Well, she claimed to have like a million reasons. Yeah, that's true. Right, we're doing Um, this right now again? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She also calls him baby on the... Yeah, she's like... It's like, don't do it. That's a little late. She's like, we talked about it in an orphan when she's like, Johnny, Johnny? You never fucking called me. (laughs) Yeah, you've never called me that. (laughs) But Denise notices the street filling with oil Eben realizing the vampires broke into the pipeline. We see the snow soiled with slick black liquid leaking from the surrounding pipes. Marlo lights a match. I'm not sure where he got that. <laughs> <laughs> but he throws it onto the oil, igniting the trail of it. <laughs> Once again, though, some of these shots are so fucking cool that you don't, you don't, think don't about even, it. you're just like, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's lighting a match. Yeah. Marlo smokes. Even. <laughs> I highly doubt that match was 140 degrees. Oh, is that what it needs to be? Yes. Oh, well. that, uh, <laughs> It was. <laughs> he's a vampire he has right, powers right. and shit I don't know what his powers are you like. mean that matches aren't dynamite <laughs> <laughs> but buildings are soon engulfed in flames and Denise says that nobody will know what happened they'll just think it was some horrible accident so this is the part of the graphic novel that I think they probably should have fleshed out a little bit more uh-huh. they're doing this the vampires are destroying the town 
not to destroy evidence of having like for the humans to find right, whatever. Right. It's more a matter of protecting themselves. Okay. Because they have a history of being persecuted by humans when they're found out that they exist. Well, why All would right. humans do that? You're yeah. just slaughtering them and yeah. <laughs> burning their towns down. You did bring it on yourself. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you were out of pocket. You needed to be told something. But I think that that it feels way cooler that they're doing it as a way of self-preservation. Yeah. Instead of just fucking up the town. Just coming here to yeah. just burn it. It doesn't work as well for me. But Lucy ponders what towns they'll take next, and as the fire grows outside. Jake says they should be able to ride it out here at the Utilidor. I was like, fuck Stellar, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, we're fine. <laughs> but Eben sees the danger that she's in outside. Marlo will kill Stella if she runs, and she'll burn alive if she stays where she is. Jake's like, she said she was cold anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in the mood for barbecue. <laughs> I mean, it's really a win-win. Well, how much fuck. food is in the Utilidor? Yeah. <laughs> But Eben stands there for a moment, realizing what he has to do, and snaps into action. He goes into the next room with everyone following close behind and heads straight for the medical kit. As he readies a syringe, he tells Jake to get on the radio as soon as he has the attention of the vampires and tells Stella to run for it. He then draws blood from Billy's corpse. He says when John Reese and Carter turned into vampires, they were only bitten and they stayed who they were for a little while. The survivors look on in disbelief as Eben says that they can't fight them the way they are. He thanks Jake, hugging him tightly and telling him to take care of Stella for him. He then injects himself with Billy's blood and we see it coursing through his veins. Guaranteed to <laughs> jack you up. <laughs> I fucking knew it. Dude. It's like it's been a whole fucking yeah, movie without us. Just waiting and waiting. <laughs> <laughs> fucking pounce on it. <laughs> I was like, finish talking, finish talking. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't even listening to word shut I Shut up, said. shut up. I, I got a joke that goes here. I've been here. sitting on this for three hours. <laughs> but he, he pours sweat, his eyes clenched tight in pain. Lucy and Denise ponder murdering him for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, it's like he's halfway through this plan like, yeah, let no him shit. try it fucking hell dude but Jake tells them to shut up Eben then whispers I can smell your blood he's like I told these guys you were cool <laughs> you're making me look bad yeah god damn Maintain, dude. <laughs> but his eyes open revealing large black irises Denise tells Eben that he can't fight them all but that doesn't stop him he heads outside, groaning in tremendous pain as his teeth grow sharper. To the sound of drums, Eben makes his way over to the vampires. Marlo stands in front, and it quickly devolves into a fight. Marlo gets the upper hand initially, thrashing him against a nearby vehicle and kicking him in the face. While he's still in the middle of getting his ass kicked, he screams for Stella and Gale to run, which they do. Stella! <laughs> <laughs> it took this long I've for been that. holding that in all the time. <laughs> Marlo picks Eben up, responding with slashes to the face when he sees that he's been made vampire. Eben charges at him and starts fucking him up until Marlo grabs him and breaks his hand. The other vampires cheer for their leader, but when he goes in for the kill, Eben punches him through the mouth and his fist comes out the back of Marlo's head. Everyone knows Marlo's got a soft ass head. <laughs> Everyone knows that. It was his only weakness. God damn it. <laughs> I will say this movie is long as fuck for what yeah. it needs to be. Yeah. This fight was like 30 it's seconds. So yeah. Fast. What yeah. the hell? It's so fast. 
But Eben looks at the other vampires and they're like, all right, all right. They don't want the smoke. They, they just leave. A sm- <laughs> no, nothing. A small bit of light begins to break through the black smoke of the fire as Stella returns to Eben, asking him what he did to himself. He tells her what I had to. He asks if he should go after the rest, but she tells him not to. Yes, Eben. Yes, yeah. you should go after the rest. Like, nah, they won't be back. <laughs> there won't be a sequel to this or anything. <laughs> but he says that it's almost dawn and that they made it. But Stella repeats, the dawn. She begins to cry as the rest of the survivors join them. But later, alone together and looking at the horizon, presumably where they had their first date. Yes, that's what I was like. Ah. Very sad. The sun begins to rise. Eben feels it on his skin and instinctively clutches his wedding ring, which is on his necklace. Somber piano plays as Stella cries and they share one final kiss. She holds Eben close as he stares into the sunlight, his skin burning black and flaking away on the cold wind. He screams as his skin turns ashen and he slips into death, the sun glowing white in the sky. Stella holds her husband's body, tears streaming down her face as she closes her eyes. We fade to black and the credits roll. So, what did you guys think of 30 Days of Night? I really like this movie. Like I said, I have the the few little small nitpicky things. But other than that, I, I really like it. Sitting down and just watching it and everything looks really good. And the effects, like they look great. Yeah. The kills, everything is like fantastic. Um, it, I, I, Like I said, the little things that I had to complain about, I feel like are really nothing. You yeah. know, uh, overall, the movie is great. Uh, to think what this movie would have been if Sam Raimi would have uh, been, you know what I mean? To be control, wild. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, definitely I do enjoy this movie a lot. I agree. There are some things that I would like to see fleshed out more. Mm-hmm. Um, characters that I would like to see fleshed out more. Yeah. And like we were saying the ending is so fast. <laughs> oh no, yeah. It's she, not this happens, he dies, credits roll. I was like, Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. And it, it's like I feel like that ending would have been even sadder because it's sad as fuck. It would have been even sadder if we didn't have that disconnect between them. I agree. Because that it just makes it so frustrating. Yeah. Because what like what was that for? You know? And we we don't know. No. You know? And I mean, if you have it to where that it was that love story that apparently was in the comic. Yeah. yeah. It's you're right. It's ten times Devastating. sadder. Devastating. Yeah. Devastating. But overall, it's a lot of fun. You just don't I know we say it a lot. Don't ask too many questions. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy it for what it is. Uh, what was the stranger? Where did he come from? How long has he been linked up with them? He can understand their language or no? Well, Why of. did they kill him? Were they telling him? Yeah, man, go and then, you <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. And laughing behind his back? Yeah. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> we got him to sack another town have, for us. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of questions. And it felt like that look on her face at the end was really setting up for like, She's going to go get 31 him. days of night, like yeah. Stella Vampire Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> two titles. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a like, title. It's like Hellbound, Don't Raise <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but, and there is a second one, right? I Yeah, I think so. I know I've never seen it. I think there's a sequel and I think that there's like a prequel miniseries. Oh, I'd be interested to see that. Yeah. But overall, it's a really good time. It looks fucking fantastic. But there are those moments and those characters that I just wish... No, not wish. No, nope, Anthony, careful. don't come for me. <laughs> um, I would like, because this is so long, Yeah, I would have liked for them to spend a little more time on that 
because it's like where where did the time go like i don't know what were y'all doing yeah (laughs) i i definitely agree with you i enjoy this film quite a bit it's a fun watch yeah i think that it's got a really really good premise the premise sells it and it's kind of surprising that this, this hasn't been done before. Yeah. True. Yeah. You know? Because this is real. Yeah. I think it's like 60 something days though that they're in night. Holy it's not shit. only 30. Damn. It's more than 30. The movie's long enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can cut that in half. A four hour movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will say, I mean, the there's so much to enjoy about it. I think it's just the execution that leaves a little to be desired. It's it's down to some of that characterization, like you said. And the pacing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how the fuck can half the ending be rushed as hell, but the ending ending is brilliant? Yeah. yeah. Like, explain that to me. I can't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess we can move on to ratings. Um, on the positive side, like I said, the premise is great. I enjoy the story for the most part, even if some of the stuff doesn't really work for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the design of the vampires is fantastic. Mm-hmm. all the special effects makeup with the gore oh yeah i think that the performances are really good yeah i i did want to call out the majority of the supporting cast is from new zealand but they oh, shit. their accents are great yeah. yeah like they really i i would not have guessed well where's mm-hmm. melissa george from i believe she's australian Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can tell sometimes. I, I was just asking <laughs> no, that's fine. for no particular reason. <laughs> just out of curiosity. For nar particular uh, reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do want to also say the cinematography and the production design are great. Oh, yeah. Because there's a lot of pretty cool shots in here. Not a fan of all the shaky cam, but I feel like there are points where it is necessary and it works. Yeah. yeah. It definitely didn't take me out of it. And no. it can sometimes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, on the negative side, though, like I said, is the characterization. Uh, I really would have liked to know more about a lot of people. The entire thing with the stranger is very interesting. And then it's like, well, what the fuck does any of this mean? Yes. Why is any of this happening? Yeah. He made a whole ass like character. That yes. was a yeah. character. He eats raw hamburger. <laughs> a <laughs> bowl of raw hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I want to know more about that. I <laughs> Not just his diet, I guess, how yeah. he hooked up more, <laughs> more. with the vampires. But... I also have a bone to pick with the, I guess, somewhat distinct, but mostly indistinct passage of time. Yes. Because honestly, a lot of it would make a lot more sense if that last bit starts at day 29. Yeah. Yeah. Having him leave her, like you said, out there in the cold. But day 29, I'm like, Billy, you hold tight, dude. One more day. (laughs) (laughs) Hold it together. But I mean, it, it's a fun time. There are some bones to pick, but if you just watch it to enjoy it, yeah, you probably will. So for me, out of ten solemn sunrises, I'm gonna give Thirty Days of Night seven solemn sunrises out of ten. It's very enjoyable and very watchable for the most part, but those things really do stick out. Yeah, and I I had some worries, but I will now open the floor to you. I, I, like I said before, and I'll try not to repeat myself too much, but I felt like for me, the, the, the things that, the, that bothered the movie for me really weren't as big as everything else. Okay. Yeah. And and then I do see, you know, us talking about it, the more and more like the weird cuts or like, uh, the, the story is, I don't know why they separated them. That was really weird. Uh, I know you said that it would have been better if they would have just kept it together and it, it would have. Yeah. Um, 
but I, I just sitting down and watching it, this I I had a great time. You know what I mean? And I'm and this is a different take on vampires. And I'm I'm glad that it's a graphic novel. And I wish that they would have maybe kind of just did it the way that the novel did it. If if it worked in yeah in the comic, you know what I mean? Just kind of leave it like that and just go on from there. Yeah. Um. But this is a this is a pretty good movie, and I'm. I was very surprised watching it the first time and then watching it again. Yeah, the things that are in there are in there and we can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I was kind of surprised also and I usually go with my gut as soon as the movie's done. Uh, so for me, on a scale from 1 to 10, Solemn Sunrises, I'm going to give 30 Days of Night an 8. Oh. I really enjoyed this movie. Like, it it's good mm-hmm. and it i think it was uh, uh, like i said the the thing that hurt me about or i heard it like him speaking english or whatever that one little line yeah yeah i i i get it and he is their leader he know you know what i mean i'm sure he calls the shots and knows more but then you got the little girl who's sitting there talking full ass english for no reason yeah. when we just seen other dude under the house change and he could barely form sentences then when he changed he didn't talk at all no you know what i mean i would have rather if if they were going to talk speak in your native tongue you know what i mean yeah. let's hear your language because it sounds fucking cool it does you know what i mean and i would be more terrified of that mm-hmm. even if i don't know what you're saying oh you're probably saying you're gonna fuck me up <laughs> you know what i mean you're finna eat me i don't even know what you're saying that, you're saying something that would have been so much scarier too if she turned around and is speaking in like this ancient tongue yeah, yeah. instead of being like hey or yeah. whatever like doing a tagline yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, yeah, I would recommend this movie to anybody to watch, especially if you like vampires. This is great. You know yeah. what I mean? Did you know he also did a Twilight movie? Oh, some that's years after this. Wow, no. that's pretty fucking yeah. funny. Like that's <laughs> that hilarious. Um, but anyway, let's <laughs> <laughs> just decide. Yeah. Let's watch Hard Candy though. Um, oh, Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I've already made it clear how I feel. The Good is so fucking good. Yeah. And just going from memory, I was like, this one's probably like an 8.5 because I remembered it so fondly. Mm-hmm. But watching it for the second time, you kind of see like, uh, for me, mainly it's the pacing. Yeah. Too much happened on night one. <laughs> yeah. That was a huge mistake. Too much happened on night one. <laughs> um, I don't know. And that probably is nitpicky, but I just feel like it's too much too soon. I don't know where they're going while they're like wandering around the town where the vampires are. Like, I don't like a lot of it was unclear and I don't want to be spoon fed and I don't want my hand to be held. But I just really they're so these vampires that they created are so fascinating. I want to know more about them. Mm -hmm. I want to know why really that they're doing this. Because these people all seem like they've lived here for a really long time, and th- and this happens every year, and they've never come. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, they tried to explain it away because Marlo's like, "We should have done this sooner." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "This is really fun." <laughs> um, the stranger, I keep Man. going back to him with his raw hamburger eating ass. Yeah. I just want, I want more. I want answers. Yes. <laughs> but overall, it is it. It's fun. It's a good watch. It looks fantastic, and it's. There are moments that are fucking scary. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So on a scale from one to 10 solemn sunrises mm-hmm. in true me fashion, 
I came to the table with the 7.5. <laughs> right in the fucking middle. Of course. Um, yeah. I mean, it. This is. it's really good, but don't look too close, yeah. I guess, is the bottom line, which we say, we're, we've been saying a lot. <laughs> we're like, so don't actually watch these yeah. movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate 30 Days of Night and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, don't wait for a situation to reach its darkest before you start to see the light. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned. We want to give a very special thank you to all of our Wendigo Gitter patrons. Yeah. Woo! Woo! Yeah. Thank you. Pack it up. Pack it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the song for this week. What's funny is I think And I know a place. But you're starting the thing and you the next line is let me let begin. Me begin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to think that I'm beginning the song. Oh, I, mean, I don't want to let anybody down. What if the end of so it just pack it up, pack is it just in. you rapping the whole fucking thing? <laughs> <laughs> we don't even thank the patrons this That's week. Like- <laughs> That's on a new Patreon tier. <laughs> <laughs> they had us rapping on Talk Mortem. True. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to draw the line oh there. Oh, my Lord. But a special thank you, too, because we're actually doing it this week. <laughs> Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Guy54, Lala Thomas, Travis Anisa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Jennifer Perez, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ and Angie Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, JD Rezac, Molly Gerhard, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggie, William Berry, Brittany Ramatar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Eden, Jordan Roberts, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Jordan Blevins, Liz Heath, Spencer Montavo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Nuding, Alexis Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itzy M, Gary Horton, Amanda Aliff, Leisha Olivier, Kate Lamp, Carlos and Sydney. Jessica Hunter, Helena Rudder, Alan Johnston, Mariah, Livy Fun, Mandy M, Scott Troutman, Mozzie Bear, Brittany G, Dave Burke, Adrian Stakes, Craig Kowalski, Beth, Nick Spill, Emma Hagel Kissinger, Valerie G, JSL, Emiliana, Brian Glass, CB, Maya Noches, Taylor Santana, Will Lewison, Angelique, Smelly Poo Poo Head, Beth Bauer, Ben Coons, Cookie, Esperanza J, Jace OKC, Joshua Rumley, Danielle Peralta, Hannah R, Brandon, Nicholas Carter, Sawyer Reese Farr, Dr. Diva Loves Horror, Girl That's Scary, M. Fryback, Cassandra, Andrea Simmons, Ashley Higetta, and William Rush. Thank you all so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you all. We love you so much and we appreciate all of your support. We hope that you know that every month you give us 30 days of bright. 
Aww, yeah. Or 31. Oh, yeah, depending on the. Yeah, right. or 28. 28. Or 29 yeah. is a leap year. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time.